Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. You ready to start this vast wasteland we, we call a radio show? <laughs> You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that uh, as I was listening to that uh, that cut with Mr. Minow. Newton Minow uh, maybe was one of the most visionary people in America. Not only with his vast wasteland story, but uh, 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 you know the, the statement and the speech that he made. Was that 1962? 61-62, yes. Uh, teammate yeah. to the National Association of Broadcasters, and that's the phrase for which he became most famous. But um, he he's said he never liked, really liked that that was uh, attached to him. He would have rather his legacy been uh, public interest. Public in, interest in public television. In public uh, television. PBS. If yeah. you watch public television... You can thank Newton Minow for that. He created uh, public television. Uh, if you uh, watch uh, channels other than the VHF uh, stations, you know, two through wh- whatever, however many, I don't even know how many there are anymore. Uh, but he was the one that required that UHF station, uh, channels be put on television so the public could have as much choice in programming right to expand the bandwidth really right Right. and we talk about bandwidth on the web that the same thing applies to television yeah he uh he was a really remarkable man both as uh the chairman of the fcc uh, appointed by john f kennedy uh, but for uh, many of the things that he did through the years in law firms and uh a very proud chicagoan proud chicagoan uh you know he hired as an intern, one Mr. Barack Obama. Is that right? Wow. He hired oh, Barack wow. Obama as an intern whose supervisor at this law firm was Michelle Robinson. Was, was Michelle. That's I where Barack they, and Michelle I met. knew they were at a law firm, but I didn't know that he had something to do with oh, that. Yes, he did. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He's quite a guy. Quite, quite, a, quite a guy. 97 years old. He was uh, just at a luncheon. A uh, week before last, Carol Marine is going to join us on the show later on to talk about um, Newton Minow. Uh, but she, he was just at a luncheon uh, that salutes integrity and uh, quality of uh, broadcasting and was very, uh, you know, was, was talking with people and was very vibrant and uh, died of a heart attack uh, yesterday, right? Yes. Yes. Yesterday. Yesterday. Night. 97, uh, 97 years. years old, yeah. Of course, for you and I, uh, you know, the big claim to fame is that the boat on the show Gilligan's Island. That's the SS Minnow. The USS Minnow. The <laughs> Spelled SS differently. Spelled, Spelled differently. differently, yes. Was uh, supposed to be an insult oh. to uh, Newton Minnow. Because of the vast wasteland be- comment. The producer of the show, uh, Sherwood Schwartz, did not like the vast wasteland speech and thought that you know I'll, I'll get him and he names the boat on gilligan's island you know maybe maybe one of the programs <laughs> least that that best exemplified vast <laughs> wasteland uh, <laughs> named uh, the boat after him 
So, <laughs> all right, let's let's get this quality broadcast uh, going, shall we? Yes, we shall. And and in that on that note, good morning, Dean. Good oh, morning, Andrew. I have wait. Don't say hello yet. We haven't officially opened the show yet. Yeah, we have commercials to play for. Oh yes, okay. This was just the short interlude that went for about five minutes. <laughs> Happy birthday to... Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Big finish. <laughs> Happy birthday to Andy Mazur. Happy birthday, week. Andy. Yeah, thank you. On Wednesday is the big day, yes. Andy's big day is this Wednesday. Uh, his lovely bride, Melina, stopped by this morning to bring... Birthday donuts for, oh, yeah. for mm-hmm. us all. It's become a tradition on Sunday morning. How many have you had so far, Shwani? Um, let's see. I don't want to say anything, but your face is half glazed <laughs> with, <laughs> with coconut. I now, truthfully, I only had one so, so far. So far, yeah, I've yeah. had a half so far. I haven't, um, I haven't had any. Well, there are are several here. I mean, you don't be bashful. Yeah. Yeah, we're busy uh, putting on quality broadcasts. Yeah, and I have a newsroom to run. So. We have a very important responsibility here to do a... What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? I lost my train of thought. Yes, you're mentioning a vast wasteland. I started, <laughs> I started talking and then started laughing inside my head. <laughs> uh, laughing inside your head. So, you not only hear voices, you hear laughter. Oh, you, would be, you don't even want to know half of what I hear inside my head. That and all the electronic devices of people talking to me in my ear. I do not need any more voices inside my head. So, you have big birthday plans, uh, Andy? Uh, not really. I lay, lay low. Yeah, after a while, it's just uh, it's a day. But uh, you're happy that it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> you're happy that it's there. It's better than not. Exactly yeah, right. Exactly right. But we're not, probably not doing too much. Right. So later on on the show, we'll have the Andy Mazur uh, spanking machine birthday. Ah. <laughs> I was wondering what that was out there. Do kids still do that? I think it's probably uh, looked at as a little taboo these days. <laughs> yeah, I would think it would be a little politically incorrect. <laughs> Why? For kids to... Uh, I don't mean for adults no, to No, I know. It. I know what you mean. What your what kind of parties you're going to? Hey. <laughs> but uh, you know, kids, it's harmless, right? It is, yeah. And then you know, get the one for good luck. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm thinking about eleven thirty or so. We'll uh, okay. I'm I'm uh, preparing for it now, mentally and physically. <laughs> I've had quite the week. Uh, I was in uh, Los Angeles the early part of last week did uh, some interviews there saw some movies and did some interviews there uh maybe you've heard of this actress named jane fonda hmm. yes candace bergen i think so mary Steenburgen. yes uh they're in a new movie mm-hmm. and uh summoned me <laughs> <laughs> went you were a little, summoned went through a little birthday spanking machine <laughs> for the uh the sequel to a uh, book club i demand that for all interviews uh. that i do now <laughs> Yeah, I'll come and interview you if you put me through this <laughs> the spanking, spanking machine. machine. <laughs> Boy, I'd love to see a video of that. <laughs> you just, I'll let you watch the video. I'll take a pass. You would love to just see someone strike me. Uh, and then from Los Angeles, California, I went all the way to New York, New York uh, to interview uh, Jennifer Lopez. Hmm. J-Lo, as we uh, kids on the street like to call her. 
Jenny on the block, if you will. <laughs> do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Charlie? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do. But the big question is this. Yes. Last week, you were touting the fact that you had an invitation to the coronation. To the coronation. Yeah, to the coronation. And as I was watching the proceedings... I was there. You, you didn't okay, see me? Oh, <clears throat> okay. I came back last uh, night. Just humor him, Andy. He hears voices. Harry and I were on the same flight. We both... <laughs> we took a beeline right out of there. <laughs> they just put the crown on his head, and we're like, okay, we've seen <laughs> okay, it. Okay, this is it. Bye. This is, this is really the whole show. We can go now. And we hopped on a plane, and uh, yeah, here we are back again. So you didn't wait for the official appearance on the balcony? Then? No. No, you didnn't have time for uh, that. We time for that. Okay. Watch that on TV. Uh, also, because I had to get back here for some interviews last night. Uh, you know who's in town? Robert De Niro. Ah. He's here? He's probably still here this morning, unless he caught a red eye last night back to New York. But uh, he uh, he appears in the new movie from comedian Sebastian Maniscalco, hmm. who you know is from Arlington Heights. He has a new movie out that's called About My Father, which is really about his father, hmm. his real father. About his real father. Salvador. Salvatore Maniscalco. Uh, the movie is, uh, you know, gr- growing up in an Italian family. As as I kind of uh, thought of it, it's like my big fat Greek wedding, but Italian. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know, with all like all those, uh, you know, quirks. And uh, mm-hmm. the Sebastian Maniscalco's character is about to get married into the super ultra rich family. And, you know, his dad is a, a hairstylist from Arlington Heights, <laughs> uh, you know, with old school ways. It's a funny movie. It is. A, it is a very funny movie. But so we did some interviews uh, yesterday with Sebastian. With uh, Bob, as I like to call him, Bobby De Niro, <laughs> and all of this, Bobby De Niro, with know, a quick flight to London. You know who else is in the movie? Kim Cattrall from Sex oh, and yeah. Sex and City. Sure, uh, Leslie Bibb is in the movie. Uh, there, a whole bunch, uh, really great actors, and uh, we did some nice interviews uh, yesterday. Today, after the show, I'm going to go interview Sebastian Maniscalco's real father. Salvatore. Hmm. Salvo. He's famous in the northwest suburbs for his hairstyling. Okay. It's just kind of ironic that I'm going to go with that. <laughs> Should be probably the last person a hairstylist needs to see is <laughs> Baldy McDee here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's been a super, bu- a super busy week. It certainly super, has. Super, super wow. busy week. It's one of the busier weeks you've had. It is, since, uh, since the pandemic. Since the is. pandemic, right. Yeah, we used to, back in the day, we used to do these kind of crazy, you know, uh, bi-coastal trips and, you know, crazy, uh, you know, nonstop uh, schedules. But since the pandemic, it's you know, everything pretty much has been virtual. But I love that Sebastian Maniscalco brought the premiere of his movie back to his hometown. Isn't that cool? That that's is good. Cool. Yeah, yeah could that's easily, great. He could have easily done this in L.A. or you know someplace, who knows where. Uh, but he decided to to come on back here, and uh, you know he's incorporating his dad. Really, the movie is a love letter to his dad. It's kind of beautiful. The movie opens on May twenty sixth, but it would be a perfect Father's Day you know weekend uh, movie. Uh, you know for for people to go catch, but it'll be open by then, so people can go. Uh, check it out. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been a busy week, busy, busy, busy week. 
Charles says hello to you, by the oh, way. Oh, thank you. Charles thank and you. Camilla. Um, I had a chance. Thank you for remembering us. Yeah, well, uh, not, uh, not to bring you, you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Did he ask where we were? He did. Yeah. <laughs> And what did you tell him? I did. You know, I went up and I, you know, I'm not sure the proper protocol. Are you supposed to curtsy? No, you're supposed to bow. Oh. oh. <laughs> All right. Well, there's faux pas number one. <laughs> Maybe that's why I got stuck back and in the cheap seats ma- with, with Harry. <laughs> He's your majesty. If you tried to call him Charles or I, Chuck, Chuck, it's I not going to work. I called him Chuck. What about Chuckles? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what flavor do you like? <laughs> but he was—he was very nice, you know. I say, uh, where is this Schwane uh, that you speak of? Schwane, Schwane. Did Schwane make the trip? <laughs> is Andy here <laughs> to cover the football? <laughs> yes. I, so, what was your what was your explanation for us not being there? I told him that I didn't invite you. <laughs> I didn't want. I couldn't stand being on a plane with you for that long. Oh, I see. That sounds about right. <laughs> Come on, Andy. You want to be on a plane with Schwanny for eight hours? I, that's why I said it sounds about right. Oh, there you go. This is explains why we're all in different rooms when we <laughs> yes. do this show, right? <laughs> this is true. Ah, uh, you know, with every word we say on today's show, just <laughs> the two words, vast wasteland. <laughs> 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 like it's like a it's like a uh, a headache, like a migraine headache throbbing in my head. Vast wasteland, wasteland. Vast, 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 vast wasteland. wasteland. Uh, we have a little far flung forecast to class this joint up a little bit. Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, it's time once again for your far flung forecast, your weekly compendium of fascinating facts and figures. And here with the latest, direct from London, Dave <laughs> Faversham Schwan. Actually, uh, this morning, friends, get out your compasses and protractors and devices. We're not going as far as London, but we are going east from Chicago. In fact, in New England, to Derry, New Hampshire. Oh, yes. Derry, New Hampshire is a population New Hampshire, Hampshire. a population of about 34,000 and was settled by Scottish and Irish families in 1719 so it goes back over 300 years but we we bring up Derry New Hampshire because it is the home to the first American who became the first American in space, Alan Shepard, who made his suborbital flight, the very first for the United States, 62 years ago this past Friday, May 5th. Alan Shepard. We were talking about Newton Minow. Mm -hmm. Newton Minow was uh, the driving force behind the Telstar communication satellite. The fact that we are able to broadcast... Uh, you know, around the world, that mm-hmm. any, any station is able to broadcast and receive broadcasts from around the world is because of Newton Minow. He, yes. put, he put the bug in JFK's ear. The Telstar satellite was uh, developed, and uh, that's why people all over the world now can listen to this show. And those of us of a certain age, you and I, Dean, remember the, some of the first satellite broadcasts from Europe. That was a big deal. 
You know, we, we see we saw the uh, uh, coronation. We see things like this instantaneously as it happens, right. and it looks like it's right next door. I can remember in the 1960s, very, very fuzzy jumping pictures from England or Europe, sure. uh, that type of thing. Well, how about, uh, I mean, it was because of communication satellites that we were able to see Neil Armstrong step on the moon. That's right. Uh, and, you know, th- think of, you know, remember those uh, those raw uh, video images that we got back then compared to perfect images, perfect in-color images that we see now. And, uh, you know, the, the how we're able to uh, get broadcast from any place now. That's on, exactly. On our phones. We exactly. get it on our phones. Yep. Yep. Thank Newton Minow for that. Yes, indeed. That is true. But Alan Shepard, 62 years ago, well, last Friday, became the first American in space. His hometown of Derry, New Hampshire, has sunny skies in 69 today. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Good morning, my friend, and how are you doing today? Dean, I'm doing great. I mean, seriously, 70 degrees and sunny out, and it's a weekend, and... Perfect. Pretty day. lucky. It's a perfect day. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Uh, it's about uh, three years or so since we started doing this segment at the beginning of the COVID uh, explosion, uh, all the tragedy, uh, especially before the vaccination. And here we now, here we are now, with the COVID emergency authorization ending in just four days. How about that? It, the the end is finally coming here according to the cdc yeah daniel the end is coming as far as the emergency authorization but we all have to understand the end isn't you know it's not like COVID is gone but certainly we are in a much better place matter of fact the state of illinois every single county in the state of illinois right now has a low transmission rate so very encouraging very appropriate that we're ending the emergency authorization but it does impact all of us, so everyone needs to understand that as well. So what does this mean exactly to the average person that the authorization will be ending on May 11th? Well, I think we all kind of got used to everything being, hate to say, free, because essentially as taxpayers we pay for it. But everything was free, right? Testing was free. You could go in and get tested. You can get free tests in the mail. The treatment was free, whether you got remdesivir, whether you got monoclonal antibodies, or whether you got Paxlovid. All of that goes away. So the government has some bit of a stockpile. But once that stockpile is gone, we go back to what's your insurance, what's your insurance going to cover, how much are they going to charge you for your next COVID vaccine. So certainly a lot of the things we got used to will be gone as soon as that stockpile is gone. You think it's a good idea for people to uh, go and get, uh, you know, testing kits and, you know, things while it's still no charge? Absolutely. You know, what I would definitely do is if you're up for a booster, if you do for a booster, those over the the age of 60 can get a second booster. If you're immunocompromised, you can get that second booster. If you never got the booster in the fall, get it because, you know, this will come back probably with another surge here in this late summer or fall. So certainly you want to do that. And yes, absolutely. COVIDtest.gov. You can go and you can still order free tests. They'll send you four per individual. So certainly go on. They ship them for free. The tests are free. Always good to have those in your back pocket. How many times have you gone to a convenient care center to be tested for flu or be tested for strep? So certainly having that 
as a free test would be very key. Yeah. Um, you know, the uh, uh, already uh, people are still asking uh, questions uh, every single week here for the last three years. Uh, here is one from the 630 area code that came in uh, right when the show started. Someone wanted to be first in line today that says, had COVID last July, a booster in October, COVID again in December. I'm 72 years old. I mask everywhere and wash my hands. I'm leaving for England in 10 days. Do you recommend I get another booster? Absolutely. So they got their booster in October. So that's the first booster in that age group was very appropriate. But now that second booster has been approved. Say, well, wait, she just said that the individual just said they were sick in December. Certainly you had natural immunity that's going to protect you for three, four, five months. But now that's going to be waning as well. So certainly right now would be a great opportunity, especially going to do international travel, that getting that second booster because of your age of 70 and your timing would certainly be very appropriate. And I would strongly recommend it. How does somebody who masks everywhere and washes their hands constantly get COVID twice? Yeah, I think it's just showed us now that the the strains of COVID as we have are sneakier and sneakier. So they spread more easily. So certainly, although you're wearing your mask at all times, or you think you are, you're still touching your face, you're still out and around. And we have to remember that the masks that we are wearing right now are not 100%, right? Even if you're wearing an N95, it's preventing you from 95%. But this is a very tiny little virus and can get through the the cloth and the paper mask that we wear. So although it is somewhat of a protection, it is not 100% foolproof. And uh, as you have told us so many times, wearing your masks protects others from you. It doesn't prevent, uh, it doesn't protect you as much uh, from germs coming into you. It protects germs coming out of you, right? Correct, correct. Because when you cough, when you sneeze, when you're breathing, that's going to capture it right at the site and slow down that dispersion. Everybody remembers at the beginning of COVID, we said, oh my gosh, COVID can travel 12 feet. Well, it can travel 12 feet if you cough, if you sneeze. But if you have a mask, that slows it down immediately. It closes that factor down to what? Remember what we always said? Stay three feet, stay six feet. It closes down that opportunity when you're wearing a mask for that virus to go any further. Let's go to uh, Chris at 312-981-7200. Good morning. You're on WGN. Um, yes, hi. Um, thank you for your show. It's great. And uh, we also love Dr. Mouse. Um We were exposed, uh, we had a family um, breakfast one week ago. Uh, My mom ended up with COVID on Monday. My son that lives in my home on Wednesday. And I have different symptoms. I have more of like body ache. They have sinuses. But my question is, um, my, my legs started to hurt a little bit about three days ago. I tested negative. Negative twice. Um, what I was wondering is, um, when does it start that I could take um, the Paxlovid? Is that only when you test positive, or am I in a window now if I still test negative? Or I wasn't sure about um, the window of the Paxlovid. Um, I'm yeah, testing. I, I haven't tested today, and my symptoms okay. are a little bit more. But I was wondering, yeah. when does that window start? I know you only have five days. Yeah, it's a, it's 
Chris, it's a question that many people are asking, and they're asking it in many different ways. In other words, I was exposed. Can I take Paxlovid to protect myself, as we do with some of the antiviral medications? Unfortunately, the answer to that is no. The only way you can get a Paxlovid is if you have a positive test. So it's really and that would start your window. I'm apologizing for butting in, but that would start your five-day window with the positive test. Correct. Once you test positive, you have five days for that to really to have its most effective. Now, some people go beyond that five days just because of the individual, how old they are, what's going on. But certainly you want to start that within five days, just like the antivirals. So continuing to test would be appropriate. The leg pain is a very, it's not a very common um, side effect or a, a symptom of COVID. So certainly look for other reasons for that dehydration, exercise, stretching. So really kind of be more concerned about other things than COVID when you have leg pain that's worsening. Okay, then it turned into a body ache but um, today. Uh, but thank you very much. I really appreciate it and love the show. Yeah, thank you for calling and good luck to you and all your family. A quick break and more questions for Dr. Kevin Most at 312-981-7200. Dr. Kevin Most, as always with us on Sunday morning here, answering your questions at 312-981-7200. Kate, you're on with Dr. Most on WGN. Good morning. Hello, you two. You guys are just wonderful. Dr. Most, God bless you. Um, I have a question. My nephew, of course I do, I, my nephew and his wife have kept their two little boys in masks for now, you know, just over three and a half years since they were... Let's see, they're six and seven now, so it's like three and a half to young, young, young. They're still in masks. I mean, at school, outside, in their house, it's kind of nutty, but that's my opinion. Is this healthy to keep them in masks so consistently for such a length of time? Well, Kate, if they're young, healthy kids, then many people are going to say no. Many people are going to say, and we saw this, right? Look what happened in December, really uh, late November, December, January. We saw this big increase in RSV. We saw this big increase in influenza. We saw this big increase in metanumovirus. So we saw all these individuals who hadn't been exposed to anything now get exposed and have much worse illnesses. So individuals, mm-hmm. especially young children, build their immune system. When they're neonates, when they're very young, absolutely, we need to protect them. They can't make antibodies yet. But as they grow, they're going to get exposed to a lot. They're going to get exposed through school. They're going to get exposed through playing mm-hmm. with their friends. Their immune system has to grow. So certainly mm-hmm. during COVID to protect them because we didn't have a lot of treatment options for young kids was very appropriate. My personal mm-hmm. opinion, again, I don't know if they're immunocompromised, if there's anything that the parents are concerned about. No, personal they're perfectly healthy and thought, strong. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My personal is, you know, let them get out, let their immune systems grow right now. COVID numbers are so low. What are we trying to protect the kids from? Influenza numbers are low. COVID numbers are low. So what are we trying to protect the kids from? Getting those routine viruses that they're going to get exposed to is very important for their immune system. But again, that's my personal opinion. They should have that discussion with their pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So bottom line, their immunization, I'm sorry, their immuno, their immune system has to grow. And it's kind of being yeah. a little impeded by yeah. 
Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're going to go need- by what they're exposed to. They're certainly going to get vaccines that is going to hopefully they're all vaccinated, mm-hmm. but they're vac- they're going to get vaccines that's going to help build their immune system. But we need the, also the portion of the immune system that's built naturally by being exposed mm-hmm. to other viruses and being exposed to other illnesses. Thank you so very much. I, I just respect you so much. And Dean, you're great. Bye and thank you. You're very, very <laughs> nice. Uh, we appreciate that very much. Isn't this interesting? Uh, you know, we're at the, you know, the the end of this, you know, not not complete end of the disease, of course, but the emergency authorization is uh, ending this coming week. Yet people still have so many questions. The phone line and the text line jammed with questions about this. Uh, you know, Kevin, you'd, you'd think it was two, three years ago. Uh, with, with people with uh, you know the, these uh, questions, here's Bob with one at three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Good morning, you're on WGN. Good morning, Dean. Good morning, Doctor Most. <clears throat> I have a question. My grandson is two and a half. He's had a variety of problems. RSV. He said ear tubes put in. You know, a variety of things. Um, I was discussing with my son about COVID vaccinations, and he says he doesn't want to do it for the boy because he's heard that there are incidences of paralysis showing up after COVID shots. I have not heard that, and I listen intensely all over the world for COVID information, and I've never heard that. Do you know of anything like that? So, Bob, a couple things. One is certainly at the age of two and a half, I wouldn't be concerned that he has RSV. Almost every child before the age of two is going to get RSV. Ear tubes, we know that ear tubes are caused by ear infections, and, and people think that tubes are bad when in fact they're good. They allow for the ear infections to clear. At this time in his life, he needs to hear appropriately, not hear muffled. He's building not only his education, but also his vocabulary. So that's it. As far as the paralysis, Guillain-Barre is what he's probably talking about, which is something called an ascending paralysis. This is an extremely, extremely rare complication of virus, excuse me, of vaccines, where the immune system kind of goes haywire for a short period of time causes this paralysis and that it resolves. So we know that there's a chance of Guillain-Barre even with influenza shots, but the number is one in millions, so certainly not a reason. I'll tell you there's going to be more cases of Guillain-Barre in other vaccines. There's been no association between the mRNA COVID vaccines and the risk of Guillain-Barre. So what he's probably thinking about is I've heard about vaccines causing Guillain-Barre and this has not been seen in the mRNA COVID vaccines. So, um, what would you what would you recommend that the father do? Well, you know, you're talking about somebody now. The RSV is not concerning, like I said, and I don't know whether he got a Hib vaccine, which often will take care of a lot of the ear infections and a lot of the ear tubes. Haemophilus influenza B, one of the bacteria that cause ear infections. With that vaccine, we saw a number of ear infections drop dramatically. It's a, it's a fairly newer vaccine. But I certainly would say if he's concerned about his uh, grandson or, his chi- or the, the father, about the child being immunocompromised at all, certainly 
get him vaccinated and actually, you know, look at other opportunities to see if there's anything else going on. I'm not saying there is because what he just said is extremely common. RSV, everybody gets it. Ears, you know, tubes because of ear infections, hundreds of thousands of kids get that. And again, that is something positive. People think it's bad. When in fact, I'll tell you, every ENT doctor that does these knows that the child now will hear better. And like I said, their speech development will be much better than having continued ear infections. Forget about the fevers, the uncomfortableness, the screaming child. I'm looking more at the developmental prospects of that child. Yeah, long-term. Bob, thank you for the call. Good luck with that. Uh, Real quick, we were talking about stocking up on uh, COVID tests before the authorization expires. Uh, Someone asking a very good question. Do these COVID tests expire? Let's say I go go stock up. Uh, Is it going to expire at some point? Yeah, you know, with other tests, strep tests, influenza tests, we know the shelf life of those. And we know the shelf life because we have been doing them for decades. For these tests, we've only had them for a short period of time, less than two years, where we've had it on a commercial use where it can be used by the public. They will put an expiration date on there. I think it's just to cover them. But if it is stored appropriately, those should have a very long shelf life. So I would still say... What is appropriate? Oh, I would say three years. No, but, I mean, uh, but I would also what, what's say the that a what's negative, the appropriate uh, way a proper way to store them? Oh, n- nothing hot, nothing super cold. So if you keep it in your house, put it in you know a, a cabinet. Uh, that's fine. If you leave it in your car in your trunk in and you put it in the freeze freezer, no, I wouldn't do it because the reagent is the important part. Okay. The drops that you put on to see if it's positive yeah. or negative. Okay. So certainly, you know, s- storing them. I can tell you, I have. You know, four tests stored right now that I'm going to continue to use that I think is appropriate. Okay. Let me just ask you before we run out of time here. We have uh, only a couple of minutes, but I wanted to touch on uh, some results that came out last week from Eli Lilly about one of their Alzheimer's drug tests that affects so many people. Uh, what's the latest on that, Kev? Can you, are, are we looking at something hopeful here? Yeah, it really is, Dean, and I'm glad you bring it up because we've been so frustrated with Alzheimer's. But certainly what Eli Lilly came out with last week is something that shows that it slows the progression of this, and it slows it dramatically. And 40% less decline in the ability to perform daily functions, 35% decline in cognitive. So certainly it is going to be really, really positive. And again, this is the first drug. We all know that that first drug is perfected with other drugs as we go forward. So it's really going to be interesting. And also this drug has been shown that the way it works is it decreases that amyloid protein in the brain. Mm -hmm. And that was one of our concerns. Is it the amyloid that causes this or is it something else? Well, certainly this drug looks like it. They're filing for approval in the next two months, and I would expect that we're going to get a lot more data. If this gets approved, I think you'll see a lot of people trying it. And we're going to get a lot better idea. And it's also going to give individual researchers now a foundation for what's the next best drug. But it's very, very positive and very uh, exciting, I would say. You know, it's given just once a month. But uh, very hopeful, very hopeful indeed. Could be Blockbrick, yep. We'll uh, keep everybody posted on that, Kevin. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Have a great day, my friend. Take care, Dean. We'll talk soon. Hello. 
Are you there? Are you talking to me? Hello. Yes. <laughs> I am. I was preparing something for uh, the next part of our broadcast. <laughs> oh, were you now? I was. I think I'm just going to call you Mage. I like this name. What do you the, mean, the, Mage? The, 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 the winner of the, the, Kentucky, winner of the Derby. Kentucky Derby. I just like that. Mage? Mage. We're going to call M-A-G-E, you Mage. M-A-G-E, yeah, Mage. Mage. Sunday morning with Mage. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but uh, <laughs> if that makes you happy, Shawnee. Uh, and we can call Shawnee two fills, <laughs> which was the Illinois horse that was running in the race and finished second. Mm. Yeah, I got a, another name for him. But... <laughs> Has nothing to do. Vast wasteland is that it? Nothing completely to do with the horse, uh-huh. although the, there is a portion of the horse that uh, me. <laughs> so you were uh, talking about the big coronation concert that's going to go oh, yeah. on today, right? Right, Lionel Richie, Katy Perry, Katie there, Katy Perry, Andrea mm-hmm. Bocelli, uh, lots of uh, the, the top British stars. That all starts at uh, two o'clock this afternoon, Chicago time. And, uh, you know, you can, uh, I imagine uh, lots of broadcast uh, channels, uh, the cable news channels, uh, lots of people are going to be covering it or at least jumping in and out of it. Um, and also, if you go to, apparently the royal family has their own YouTube YouTube page. They do? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I haven't gone to look, but. Well, there's something we can investigate now. They're going to be broadcasting it there. Okay. Uh, we had our microphones at uh, Windsor Castle this morning. Uh, the King Charles' uh, first official morning, you know, as... Well, I mean, he's been king since his mother passed away, but now it's official. He's got the crown and, you know, the whole deal. And uh, he, we have this uh, recording from earlier this morning when the newly crowned king was uh, ordering some breakfast. Yeah, and that was back in 1961 that then FCC Commissioner Newton Minow uh, gave this speech to the National Association of Broadcasters. I can only imagine what he would be saying now with reality TV and some of the uh, trash that's uh, on uh, television now. But even back then, he was uh, giving us a warning of uh, what television could be, what the potential was, for television and what he viewed it was becoming this vast wasteland these two words for which uh, newton minnow became most associated with when really his accomplishments were were far greater than uh, simply his vast uh, wasteland speech if you enjoy public television it's because of newton minnow if you enjoy a wide variety of channels vhs and uhf uh, we have so many other options uh, now digitally, but uh, if you enjoyed that expansion, it was because of uh, Newton Minow. Uh, if you enjoy uh, the ability to be able to receive and send broadcasts uh, from opposite ends of the globe, uh, that's because of Newton Minow. He was uh, just an amazing person with amazing foresight stayed true to his ideals through the years. And sadly, we lost uh, Newton Minow yesterday, died of a heart attack uh, at age 97. And he was uh, in attendance at uh, a an affair put on uh, April 27th, just a, a couple of weeks ago, that honored journalist Judy Woodruff. Uh, and he himself was honored by DePaul Center for Journalism, Integrity, and Excellence, 
an organization that is uh, put together by the great Carol Marine, uh, Chicago broadcast legend herself, who uh, we are so thrilled could join us this morning to remember Newton Minow. Hello there, my friend. It has been way too long. How are you? I am well, Dean. I am well, but I am so sad. I mean, Newt Minow was a spectacular human being, a spectacular thinker, uh, and and a great, great friend and, and mentor. At DePaul, we awarded him two years ago with our very first Distinguished Mentor Award, and Newt has mentored so many of us. Uh, he's just giant; doesn't even quite quite reach it, does it, Dean? Yeah, men- mentored uh, so many of us, whether he knew it or not, whether it's somebody that he met or not. Uh, his idealism, his uh, character in caring about things and caring about others, uh, is uh, you know what what propelled him. And why he is uh, so revered. What do you think the, I mean, he often spoke and said that vast wasteland, he didn't especially want to be remembered by that. Uh, that if, if there were two words that were going to define him, it would be public interest more than vast wasteland. Uh, which it makes complete sense to me when you look at his full body of work. What do you think is the, you know, is the legacy of Newton Minow? I mean, it's what you said so well in the very beginning. I mean, it's just about everything connected to our ability to communicate. When and, and you know, dial all the way back to 1961 when he makes this speech. He's this young whippersnapper lawyer from Chicago speaking to the titans of broadcasting: <laughs> EBS, NBC, ABC, and he's lecturing them. The Bill Paley's, the Edward R. Murrow's, the whole crowd is lecturing them that they're failing in their mission. And it took huge courage to do that. And and though I know Newt really was devoted to everything that is public information and public education, his wonderful wife, Jo, who died just a year ago, Jo used to laugh and go, Oh, you know that vast, you know what? Uh, you know, they. It, it, there is a room in Newt's house. People would send him editorial cartoons, um, either deriding what he said or or remembering it somehow. And he he found that very funny. He had a great sense of humor. Um, and and if I may say, I was just over there. A little bit ago, um, all three of his daughters are there, Mary, Martha, and Nell. His greatest accomplishment, Dean, was he and Joe Minow raised three daughters, all lawyers, all authors. Martha ran Harvard Law School and is now chairwoman of the MacArthur Foundation. Nell is, uh, is a movie critic and someone who was a critic of corporate malfeasance. Mary is a civil rights lawyer, First Amendment librarian. I mean, and all of them are authors. All of them are amazing. And that's Newt's 
greatest legacy in his own mind. Yeah, well, he was, spoke... That there, was his family. There, There is a spectacular documentary that was put together by Mike Leonard uh, that yep. is, is mm-hmm. called Newton Minow, An American Story. Uh, it's it's an hour long. Uh, go on YouTube today and find it and watch it if you want to know really who Newton Minow was. I rewatched it last night and uh, it, it brought a tear to my eye. It uh, was inspiring. Uh, I loved his sense of humor. Uh, and I was so impressed that family meant everything to him. I I, I don't know uh, two of the daughters, but I know Nell uh, because of her uh, film uh, criticism. Uh, oh, of course, being, sure. Being a movie critic, and you know we've uh, encountered each other uh, there, and is a sweetheart uh, and brilliant, uh, like like the whole family is. But she tells a story on this documentary how on the day that Newton Minow gave his vast wasteland speech in May of 1961. And by the way, it's almost to the day. It was May 9th, uh, 1961, that Newton Minow gave that speech, that he he needed to know, like, time frames of what was going to happen when the speech was going to take place because he had to get to Nell's brownie dinner that night. when She was in the brownies. And he did not want to miss, even though he was the chairman of the FCC, had a million things going on, and as you say, just raked over the entire broadcast uh, you know, hierarchy in this speech. He had to get to his daughter's brownie dinner that night uh, and wanted to. Absolutely. Wanted to. And, and, all, and all, that's why, I mean, that's what, that's what always kept him grounded, made him human, Um. There wasn't a speech that he gave that I ever heard anyway, where in that speech he doesn't didn't mention his wife, Joe. Um, he was always connected to them in everything that he did. And when he died Saturday morning, the, the girl said uh, he wasn't feeling well. He had just been seen to an event at the Newberry Library the night before. With Ken Burns, the documentarian, and Mary showed me a video. Ken Burns looks like some sort of super fan, just in awe of Newt. They talk for a while. Uh, Newt goes home, wakes up Saturday morning, doesn't feel very well. And um, his doctor said, well, come on into emergency. And he said, nope, not going to do it. Wanted to stay home. I mean, he knew he knew what was happening, uh, and he was, as always, going to do this on his own terms. Yeah. So his family was around him, and he died as he lived, um, just knowing, always knowing the score. The reaction to the death of Newton Minow uh, is flooding social media this morning. And I, maybe you did talk to him, by the way, about social media and all the all the crap that's on television now. On you know, we not we we have all of these extra channels that he wanted that I, I imagine he envisioned would be filled with uh, you know wonderful, uh, interesting, educational uh, things and not infomercials and uh, you know all the junk that's out there right now. Maybe did you ever talk to him about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he 
he he worried. He, he really worried about the state of the democracy. Mm. And he said, um, when we when we gave him the the distinguished mentor award a year ago, he said in his acceptance speech that uh, even though he is an optimistic man, he really feared for the democracy based on the polarization, the hate speech, the wrong facts, the purposely wrong information peddled by toxic sources. He was deeply concerned about that. Yeah. Uh, he worried to the day he died about how we were going to keep democracy alive. And and the debate, he's the father of the presidential debate, right. as you know, right. <clears throat> going back to Nixon and Kennedy. And now um, there is a real question if the debates are in peril because um, the GOP won't agree to debate, um, to do a presidential debate once there is a nominee on the Republican side and the Democratic side. Yeah, well, and I, 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 learned, I, I learned from watching this documentary uh, that uh, Newton Minow had worked on the campaign, had worked for Adlai Stevenson. Uh, yeah, and, and, and he's really, a great friend of Adlai Stevenson. That's how he got involved in politics. That's where his association with the Kennedys began. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's how it really was with Robert Kennedy first. Uh, and, and then uh, through Robert to JFK, where he was recommended to be the uh, chairman of the FCC from that. I was, I was talking about the, the reaction coming in among the, the uh, remembrances and sympathy messages comes from former President Barack Obama, who wrote, mm-hmm. Newton Minow was a dear friend, mentor, and early supporter of mine. He also embodied the ideal of public service helping launch the satellites that made nationwide broadcasts possible, cementing presidential debates as a national institution, helping usher in public television and reminding the media of its obligation to foster a well-informed citizenry. He said, I will always owe a great debt to Newt, most of all because he helped introduce me to Michelle when we were both young lawyers in Chicago we will miss him dearly, just as we miss his beloved wife, Joe, who passed away last year, and send our love and thoughts uh, to their family. But, Carol, it was, it was Newt uh, who uh, hired as an intern young Barack Obama from the south side of Chicago and brought him into this and firm where Michelle— Brought him to S- yeah, Sidley Austin. What was then Sidley Austin is Sidley now. Absolutely. I mean— he saw talent. Um, he loved talented, committed people. He once said that he absolutely fell in love with John Kennedy and and was so eager and happy to join the administration. Well, I'm sure we're going to be hearing uh, uh, a lot more about Newt, uh, uh, Newton Minow in the days to come. Um, we'll hear if, uh, you know, there are uh, public memorials. We'll certainly let uh, everybody know about it. But, Carol, I'm glad that you could join us uh, to remember uh, your friend uh, and mentor and hero to many of us, uh, this great man. 
Newton Minow, who died uh, yesterday morning at the age of uh, 97 years old. You are long overdue, my friend, to come and visit us here on the program. And just Oh, Dean, and, and I love you guys, and I was so honored when, when you called. And, and thank you, because you're know, talking about Newt, the, the Jewish expression is, may his memory be a blessing. Well, his memory is a blessing. His life was a blessing. And uh, we are a better country because there was new minnow. There's just no doubt about it. So, dear, I will talk to you again soon. We're overdue to go to a, a concert. Tina Turner is not performing anymore <laughs> like she was the last time when we were you know, out there our singing dancing and, singing in, in the night. But, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll do it soon. I miss you and love you, and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Carol. All right, dear. Thanks. And now 10.37 is the time. Your official coronation time. Time for our Week in Theater segment. What's going on on stage in Chicago? Uh, you've heard me talking about the Paramount Theater's production of School of Rock for several weeks now. And uh, we're lucky to have some of the performers here with us. Uh, you may be familiar with School of Rock from the Jack Black movie. Uh, this uh, takes that premise, puts it on stage with a whole bunch more music. Uh, a really fun show, but uh, just what really completely blew me away in this show are all of the young performers in the show. I think there are like 20 uh, kids who are in the show. And, uh, you know, the, the, the premise is that they're at a, a pretty buttoned up, uh, tight prep school. Along comes this, uh, kind of, uh, a loser teacher that, uh, really has no interest whatsoever in any of the academics. All he wants to do is play rock and roll. And that's what he teaches these buttoned up prep school kids to do, to rock and roll and to stick it to the man. Uh, in this uh, production. But when these kids come onto the stage, there is an electricity that you have to see, uh, not only in their vocal performances, but uh, these kids, like, like you saw in the movie, picking up guitars and picking up musical instruments and playing them, these kids actually do that. Uh, and it's, uh, it's really uh, quite amazing to, to just watch the whole thing. And uh, I hope you can get out to the Paramount to see this before it ends on June the 4th. So joining us uh, in the studio this morning is Ami Lichtenstein and Roxy Salzman and Levi Merlot. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Nice to have you here with us today. How are you? Good. Good. Well, thank you for coming in today. So, Ami, let me start with you. O- Omi. Omi. I don't yes. know why I keep getting your name wrong. <laughs> That's good luck, I think, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's polite of you to say that. Uh, How much fun are you having in the show, Omi? It's so fun. It's like, oh my God, like every single time the audience is just so different and like they all give off like a different type of energy, which makes us like boom and like, oh, it's so cool. Yeah, so you feed off the energy of the audience then. Yeah. Yeah, when you're doing this. How about uh, for you... Uh, Levi, what's a, what's the per- experience like for you? It's been amazing because my past like two shows have been really different because they're different stages. But I mean, like everything's different because it's a new musical and like a new genre of like musical. But it's been 
like so fun yeah really fun yeah describe your the character that you play so i play mason he's the tech guy he controls the lighting and um the mics and all the techie stuff like that yeah and ami you're you're kind of uh you're still a little buttoned up yeah. Uh, even even as everyone else gets all rock and roll, you're still a little bit buttoned up with this, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. How do I, so? How do you describe uh, your character, Summer? Uh, I describe Summer. Well, like you said, very buttoned up, smart, wants to be right, and um, tries to have things very under control. And uh, Roxy, I've purposely left you for last here because this is really quite amazing. This is your first professional show. Yeah. That's amazing that it's your your first professional job out and you land up on this amazing Paramount Theater stage (laughs) uh, doing the show. How did this all come to be for you? Well... Once I got the opportunity to audition, I was like, I probably won't get it. My dad really didn't want me to. Oh, really? And I was like, it's fine, because I probably won't get it. I'll at least audition. And then I did, and I got it. And my dad was like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> what's What's dad going to say once you already get the job, right? Yeah. He, he can't really. Now, when, when you go in to audition for something like this, uh, is it a, a singing audition? Is it a an acting audition? Plus, you're pretty much all required to play instruments also. So explain what the audition process was like. Well, I auditioned for kind of like two shows at Paramount at once. And they were just like, it was Sound of Music and School of Rock. Oh. And they said, sing one song in the style of Sound of Music and one song in the style of School of Rock. Okay. And so I did that. And then... Which songs did you sing? I sang My Friend the Dictionary from Spelling Bee. Okay. And Queen of Pop from Willy Wonka. Okay, good. Good. So then what happened? So then I got a call back and I had to do, I got a call back for summer and I had to do two scenes and like four songs, I think. Wow. Yeah. So you got a call back for the role that Ami wound up getting, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of fun. I mean, what was your audition process like? Because you're like a grizzled old veteran here, pretty much. <laughs> You've been in how many shows so far? Um, here. This is my fourth, fourth professional. Fourth professional show. Yeah. So what was your process? Did you go through a similar audition yes. process? Yes. Um, mine was very similar, but... Um, uh, I had to send in a tape of me singing a song because I was at summer camp and it was in Michigan. So my parents taped me before I went and we sent that in. And then same exact thing. I got the call back with all the material and they had to pull me from camp. So I had to learn this all in like three days, wow. the same two sides and like four songs. Mm-hmm. And then I filmed it and yeah. Yeah. And the rest is history right yeah yeah so levi i assume that you went through uh, something similar also yeah so what what's it like i mean part of the beauty of the show is the the group dynamic of all of the kids uh you know in a classroom the classroom that turns into a rock concert uh you, you know so so what's it like when you're all out there together it looks like it looks like you're all just having a ball out there together as a group yeah, it's really fun because it's really cool how the kids uh, who play the instruments can play. They're actually playing. It's 
it's very cool just to be jamming out in the scene. Like one scene, you're just like, oh, you know, buttoned up, like you said. Prim and, and proper, right? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden, one scene when the teacher's gone, Miss Mullins, dude's like, okay, kids, let's rock. <laughs> and so it's very, it's funny and I'm very, uh, it's amazing how um, all of it works and it's just so fun. Yeah, I love that. Uh, all of you are from the Chicago area, but a lot of the kids in the show, right, are have been picked from the Chicago area. If I if I read uh, correctly, yeah, Ami, um, is that right? Uh, yes, there. I think basically everyone, almost the whole entire cast, is from the Chicago area. Um, I know that uh, our drummer and our lead guitarist um, is. They're both from the New York, New Jersey area, and. Which is really cool that they got to like come over here yeah. and play, and it was awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty. Spe- I, I would think as a, a young actor, actress, uh, it would be a pretty spectacular experience being on that stage. It's a pretty historic stage. Uh, it, 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 it. I mean, even though you've all done uh, different things, Levi, I think you were at the Marriott, yeah, Lincolnshire, right? Yeah, yeah, in Christmas Story. Is that yes? Yeah. I mean that's that's a, a whole crazy experience too performing yeah. in the round like that right Yeah, it was very different trying to get used because I did a Dre Lane before Christmas Story, so it was semi like <laughs> Paramount, so it's just like a big flat stage, but it was hard getting used to uh, uh, Marriott because there was like four sides of where you had a costume change, but at the end it was very fun and I like getting back to. Um, a really like uh, big and uh, bright and uh, flat like uh, stage, yeah, but, like a uh, traditional, yeah, yeah, kind of stage. Sure. Now, where where are you? you're from Aurora, you are from Aurora, yes, right. So you're right in your your own backyard. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you going to school there now, or how does this work um, when yeah. you're doing the show? Do you do you take a break from school for a little while, or are you doing both? Um, I'm I'm pretty lucky to live in Aurora, so it's not a big drive because I usually don't have to leave for school early. Because I live right by there, so usually. But if I have like some homework that I have to make up, I'll just do it at the night, so I, then I have it ready for the morning. So, are you working on your homework backstage at the theater? Um, not always. It's kind of hard to work. <laughs> You're just like hyped up, and I mean, we don't get a lot of time on our hands, but we get a few. Um, we get intermission and this one big scene to just relax. But usually, I like talking with everybody and hanging out. Yeah, you want. Plus, you want to kind of keep your head in the show, right? Yeah, yeah. While while all that's uh, going on, uh, Ami, how about uh, Omi? How about Omi? For you? Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Please feel free to correct me anytime I say it wrong. Okay. Because I'm really trying to remember. It's Omi like Naomi, right? Yes. All right, so I'm trying to remember that. Uh, what's what's the school situation? You are from where now? I'm from Deerfield, but my house is currently flooded, so... Oh, geez. Yeah, so right now I'm living in Winnetka. Okay. And... Just slumming, uh, it, slumming it in Winnetka right now? Yeah, and um, I go to school every day. Besides Wednesdays, because that's like a double show. Yeah. And um, it's pretty much the same as Levi said, but I have to leave school uh, a lot earlier than he does, because I live about an hour away from right. the theater. Yeah, that's pretty far. And then, uh, Roxy, how about you? What's what's your uh, deal with school and trying to balance that with uh, you know the, the show? Well, kind of like Omi, I go to school every day except for Wednesday. And... Then, because Wednesdays I get to just like sleep in and go to the show, and I don't have to worry about school, except for homework. Yeah. But it's fine. So yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. So even though it's a, a double show that day, it's two performances, which would normally be tough on a performer. You actually enjoy it because you don't have to go to school that day, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I would feel the same way. Um, so what's going to be next now? What what do you, do you want to do uh, coming up after this show ends on June 4th? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, you're going to continue to audition for shows, I imagine, right? Um, yeah. Yeah? What's, what, if, if you could do anything in the world that you want, what would it be? Like show wise, Any, anything. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd probably just like do more shows if I could. Okay, all right. And uh, Omi, how about for you? What's do you know? What's next? Um, or what's... I do not, but I would like to keep auditioning for stuff and keep fingers crossed for bookings and just keep going with whatever comes because yeah. whatever come will will come yeah and uh levi how about for you what's next for you my friend yeah i've been auditioning for like a few more shows but otherwise in the summer i think it's going to be like you know start taking trips because a lot of uh, my this year of uh my year um it's been always show so it's really fun but i think we're just like, a little break but, just, uh, but I've, yeah i have been auditioning still and for paramount and for other theaters but yeah well, I could not have enjoyed all of you more uh, <laughs> watching uh, the show. Uh, I, ju- I love you, and you know, tell tell all the other uh, everybody else in the show how much uh, I enjoyed it, and I appreciate you coming in today uh, to talk with us. Uh, you also uh, came by to visit with us on WGN TV Morning mm-hmm. News, and when we come back from the break, we're going to play a recording of a song that the whole cast did at our uh, TV studio. So uh, we'll get to that coming up in just uh, a couple of minutes here. Omi Lichtenstein and Roxy Salzman and Levi Merlot, thank you guys so much for coming in. Really appreciate it. Thank Thank you. you. All right, we'll be right back with the performance next. All right, coming up after 11 o'clock, my uh, one-on-one interviews that I did just yesterday, as a matter of fact, right here in Chicago for the Chicago premiere of the new Sebastian Maniscalco movie, comedian Sebastian Maniscalco, starring uh, in a movie about growing up Italian in Chicago. Uh, He co-stars with two-time Oscar winner Robert De Niro. We talked with both of them. Kim Cattrall, who you may remember from Sex and the City, is also in the movie. Actress Leslie Bibb. We'll get to all of that coming up after 11 o'clock this morning. But let's go back to School of Rock for just a minute, which is uh, how adorable are those kids, by the way? How articulate and wonderful uh, to have uh, Omi and Roxy and uh, Levi uh, here in studio with us this morning. Uh, The show School of Rock is playing out at the Paramount in Aurora through June the 4th. And uh, this is one of the songs that they performed for us over on the TV side a week or so ago called If Only You Would Listen. You always talk, talk, talk all the time. You never say begin the word. I wish I had, I had a dime. The thought I've swallowed unheard. No matter what it is that I do.
isn't that nice? The kids from School of Rock, which is currently at the Paramount Theater in Aurora. It's playing through June the 4th. Uh, we had uh, them perform when they came to visit us on WGN-TV Morning News. Uh, so, uh, you know, since we had the full band and the full all the kids and everything, we thought we'd share that performance with you this morning. But there are some rocking numbers uh, as well, of course, that they do. Uh, and that's really, uh, you know, part part of the magic of this show is uh, when these kids on you know they're on their guitars and keyboards and they're on all the instruments themselves and they blow the roof off that joint when they are uh, performing uh it's really uh, w- definitely worth seeing can't recommend it enough for you and you know the other thing that i think is uh significant uh if you've got kids who are into music at all uh, i would think that this would be the perfect show for uh, those kids to go and see because they'll see other kids you know their ages uh, on stage singing uh, dancing you know doing a really great choreography and then picking up the instruments and rocking the house out Uh, it would be I I think it's a very family-friendly show there are a few words here and there in the show that uh, you know some people may not care for nothing nothing uh, you know that's going to make your ears bleed or anything, but there's there's a little tiny bit of language uh, in the show that I think uh, you know most people would be unaffected by. But again, it is at the Paramount Theater. It's in our beautiful downtown Aurora, and it is playing there until uh, June the fourth. You want to get ticket information? I just happen to have that handy. Uh, you can call six three zero eight nine six 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 six. Six three zero eight nine six 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 six, or uh, just go visit paramountaurora.com, paramountaurora.com, and you can get all the information that you want on that. So we had ourselves a big Hollywood uh, premiere in Chicago last night over at the AMC River East Theater here in downtown Chicago. Comedian uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, who is, you know, arguably one of the most popular comedians in America right now. This kid who was, uh, you know, uh, came up uh, in Arlington Heights, uh, went to, I think, Deerfield High School, went to NIU, uh, has taken his, uh, you know, Italian upbringing and brought it to the stage as part of his stand-up comedy. But he takes all of that and works it into the story in this movie that's called About My Father, which is uh, about his real father, Salvatore uh, Maniscalco. And we talked with them uh, yesterday, Sebastian, two-time Oscar winner Robert De Niro, Kim Cattrall, and more. We'll share all of those A-list uh, interviews with you coming up next. <laughs> What do you, do you get uh, like uh, paid by the tourism bureaus? <laughs> Those are the cities he's running for mayor in. Schwanny's <laughs> trying to get some free food at any of the restaurants that he just uh, mentioned. Seventy two in Mendota. <laughs> oh, it's seventy three in Dwight, Illinois. I, I thought you're only supposed to mention two of those. Well, I had some extra time to. Uh, Covered some of the temperatures, and I just wanted to be right. comprehensive. That's nobody, all. Nobody kills time better than you do, <laughs> and I do mean kill. <laughs> so but I just wanted to be thorough. Yeah, okay, that's fine. That's I don't care. 
<laughs> you don't care. Honestly, I'm surprised I was even listening to. And so am I. Yeah, even though you tell me that you hang on every I word. I hang on your every of word. my newscasts. <laughs> uh, for example, the story that you did right before Andy's uh, sports. Uh, on the commencement for the students? Go out into the world and do, do good. good. That's inspiring. A positive message. Which, boy, do we need that, right? That's right. I like to adapt that as the slogan for this for show. For our show. For the show from now on. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's the way Bob Surratt ends his show with Excelsior. We should end the show. Go out, go in out the into the world and, and do, do good. good. Right. Not the way we do it now. Uh, go out in the world and don't let the door slam and hit you on the way out. Eleven ten, and this is Dean Richards Sunday morning on uh, WGN. Uh, the reason that we're hearing this song instead of our usual Sunday morning song is, uh, well, I pushed the wrong button to be, <laughs> but I enjoy a little Justin yeah, Timberlake. Why not? Every once in a while, I wasn't while. going to say anything. Yes, you were. You were just waiting uh, no, for No, I don't know. Far be it for me to any, raise any objections. This is the Sunday morning show that brings your sexy back, whatever that means. Um, you know what I wanted to do? You know what we haven't done in a while is just answer listener questions. Oh, okay. Uh, we get a lot of feedback in uh, you know so many different ways. I've noticed lately that uh, we've been getting uh, handwritten uh, cards, which, you know, back in the day, that we'd get that all the time. Uh, but, you know, as uh, electronic uh, communication has become more prevalent, uh, you know, th- there have been fewer handwritten uh, notes and more emails and, you know, voicemails and, you know, texts and things like that. So uh, so uh, in, if, with that in mind, uh, we bring you, ladies and gentlemen, Ask the Sunday Morning Show. We're happy to answer your questions, whatever they may be, about the morning show, about our Sunday morning show. Uh, We get lots of uh, questions and comments and things like that. Uh, Things like that? Yeah, well, it is. You know, it is. Uh, If uh, you have a comment or a question, feel free to either uh, text or uh, uh, email, uh, you know, whatever is easier. Or if you'd just like to call up and ask us uh, a question, we don't spend enough time just, uh, you know, with our with our, our loyal uh, listeners uh, every Sunday morning. We get a lot of nice responses, but, uh, you know, let's, let's hear. So, uh, uh, Shwani, we'll start off with a text, and Andy, mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, from the 847 area code. Dean, uh, I enjoy listening to your finesse, nuance, attentiveness respect and generosity in your interviews uh perfect example your last two interviews first with newton minnow uh the the interview with the carol marine about newton minnow and second with the kids that you just talked to if anyone has any doubt of what a master you are for connecting with anyone just listen to those Hmm. very nice 20 yeah got anything you don't like it when people compliment me (laughs) actually you know what i got a text seriously i got a text from a lifelong buddy 
who texted the same thing. He said that was an incredible interview with Carol Marie. It was. It, and it was. It wasn't yeah. spectacular. And because of her, mm-hmm. not because not, of me. No, no, because of her. Yeah, it 100%. It was 100% because, because of her. Absolutely. But I get all the credit for it. Because, <laughs> well, you know, you let, you let her do the talking. I mean, some interviewer will jump in and will try to uh, interrupt, and you let her just go on her way. See, this is why Andy yeah. should get a raise. See? Andy knows how to kiss up. That's how you do it. <laughs> but that's how you do it, interviewing-wise and kissing up. Uh, but haven't, haven't we all learned? I mean, we're all interviewers, all, yeah. all, all three of us. Mm-hmm. Haven't you learned it's better to shut up and let your guests talk? Yep. Let them be the star of the interview. You don't need to be the star of the interview. Interviewing that, is listening. Yeah. It's all about listening. That's how I view yeah. it. What'd you say? Huh? <laughs> All right, so here's one. From, All right, go ahead and read the next one now. Here's one from the 847 area code. Uh, Dean, we are concerned about Schwani. He's being nice to you today. <laughs> I was a little concerned about I did notice that. That's because he could fill up on donuts today. That's why. Oh, donuts. <laughs> Andy's got birthday donuts here today. There are s- still some left. You didn't come in and have I'm one yet. I'm busy doing you a show. You have to do a show, yes. <laughs> I'm busy. You know, a show like this just doesn't happen. No, no. never. It takes a lot of work to make it sound as unplanned like as... Like the vast wasteland <laughs> that, this, that it is. <laughs> so are you okay, Shwani? I'm fine, Are you yes, fine today? I'm good, yes. In fact, I'm finally, uh, I had a sense of relief because the weather is finally uh, starting to uh, cooperate. We had a couple of nice days. I was out for a walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to enjoy this afternoon. We're so. all in short sleeves today. Not yep. me. I'm not. You are. No, I'm not. Let's see. See? Put your hands up. I am. <laughs> now hop on one foot. <laughs> now make like this. <laughs> Simon says. <laughs> Now move over there. I thought you had short sleeves on. <laughs> Did you take your shirt off earlier? No. <laughs> Are you kidding? Wouldn't be the first time. Um, 262 area code. How long has Dave Schwan been with WGN? How long have you been here? I've been here... Seems like forever. This time around. <laughs> uh, I've been here since uh, February of 2005. And then in the late 1980s, I worked for another division of what was then Tribune Media called Tribune Radio Networks. Oh, yes. I remember Tribune. Worked uh, there for about five years and then came back here in uh, 2005 and been here ever since. It's 18 years about now. About that. And I've been on the show with you for 13 years. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, and then, you know, when I wake up on Sunday morning, it's like, no, oh, here we go again. I'll bet you can't wait to get in. I'll bet you're <laughs> chomping at the bit every... I know we're going to have fun every every time we do the show. We do so. have fun. How long have you been here, Andy? Uh, I've had two, been, two stints been, as well. Yeah, I was going to say. I was here from 99 to 07, uh, February of 07, when I left for San Diego, did you start here as a sports intern? No, actually, I started as the sports reporter and uh, fill-in anchor. Okay, and uh, Cubs pre and post game at that point too, and then I came back in uh, April of 2014. So I've been here about nine years on the second stint. How about that? Yeah, look at that. So apparently, I'm the only one that can actually keep a job here. <laughs> one stint, one stint, Dean, as they say. Thirty-one years. It's pretty impressive. How about that? Uh, this is a card that came in from Janet in Wheaton. 
It says thank you on the front. And inside it says uh, just a note to let you know how much you're appreciated. Isn't this nice? That's great. Really nice. Thank somebody you. Take, somebody take Thank the you. time. We appreciate you, too. This is why I say we have the best listeners in the world. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you apparently don't read the text line as carefully as I do. Uh, as I appreciate your kindness. This is a handwritten now. I appreciate your kindness and joy on your Sunday morning program. I always look forward to the joking around with Shawnee and Andy and the others. You bring a light to a sometimes dark world. Wow. And really? I thank you for that from Janet. Oh, and boy. We, I'm, we're set for the week now. Thank you very much. that? We bring light to a dark world. Go out and do some good. Go out and do good. Yeah. Uh, we are taking your questions. Ask the Sunday morning show anything. Uh, if you have really super personal questions for Shawnee, uh, or really any of us, but uh, there is a lot of dirt to dig in in the Shawnee department, in the Shawnee flower bed of life, there, there are some deep roots that you may want. I to. just want to do good in the world. Of course, you that's do. all. We'll uh, get to more in just a moment. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred WGN. We're doing a segment that we do periodically uh, because we get so much nice feedback from you. Uh, We thought that we would bring it uh, to the air. Many of you have comments and questions for the Sunday morning show. So uh, bring it on. Well, we are willing, right, to answer any any and all questions, right? Sure. 20's 20's thinking it over. I was just eating a donut. (laughs) Okay. What kind? Chocolate. I've not been back for the... Uh, nice variety. Andy... Uh, Great birth- variety. Birthday. Andy's- ah, the blueberry crumb was delicious. Hey, wasn't that your nickname in high school? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I can't say my nickname on here. Oh, really? <laughs> Whoa. <Ooh. laughs> Time for some digging. So, um, Andy's birthday is this coming Wednesday. Correct. So uh, feel free to send in your birthday cards uh, for Andy. And, uh, you know, uh, gifts. Why stop at a card? (laughs) That's a good point. Andy loves uh, gift certificates. All kinds of gift certificates, Uh, yeah. He loves a Visa gift card. Yeah. Wouldn't turn it down. (laughs) Okay, I would turn it down. (laughs) I don't think technically we're supposed to be asking. That's why I'm turning it down. Yeah. But uh, if you have photographs of yourself, <laughs> Andy would enjoy Why? that. <laughs> Don't you want to see what the listeners look like? Okay, sure. <laughs> don't bring up pictures. Just don't bring it up. I've got some pictures. Don't. That's what I mean. Don't bring it up. I've got some. I've got some in my safe deposit box in case anyone is interested. Uh, so your questions. Uh, for the questions and comments for the Sunday morning show uh, from the 773 area code. Uh, Dean, I just love your Sunday morning show. You, Dave, and Andy make my day. Aww. Thank you. For Thank this. you. This is from Sharon. Thank you very much. Sharon in Chicago. Thank you very much. Uh, here's another one that uh, is for Shwani. Uh Is Shwani married? I'm available. <laughs> It might no. The answer is no. Do I have a girlfriend? Yes. 
Yeah, but here you could have a little something. <laughs> it's in all caps. It's I am available. It's all caps, so she, you know, I presume it's she. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What's, uh, who's uh, texting in here today? Uh, here is uh, another one that said, Dean, thank you for... Uh, telling us about the Vidalia onions last week. Remember, I told you oh, that yeah. those were so good that they uh, they went on sale this this past uh, Friday. They might still be available today. You know, it's until they run out. Uh, if you go to it was the um, Shriners, right? The the uh, Shriners are selling Vidalia onions. If you go to their website, you can get all the information. And we had mentioned, uh, you know, what's the best way to store them. And somebody said to put them in nylon stockings, so you know, so they get some uh, ventilation. And somebody texted in two two four, got my Vidalia onions. I put them in the nylons, but I'm not sure how much my wife is enjoying walking around with the onions in them. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Silly, silly, silly. Hello there, uh, Mitch. You're on WGN. Good morning. Good morning, Dean. Thank you for taking the call. Let me get the compliment out of the way first. Uh, your show is the utmost entertainment show in of all entertainment shows, and I'm sure I speak for every person in Chicago, okay? You cannot. Now, that we, got that, now we got that out of the way. Cannot kiss up enough. <laughs> Uh, but it's making a, me it's making me a little fearful of now, what now the rest the of the question comes. Yeah. Okay, now, let's have is, it. Uh, my question is, I love, I love pizza, every kind of pizza. I've never had a bad pizza. What I am looking for, though, Dean, is a pepperoni pizza. Yeah. The kind that I see on cooking shows on TV where they've taken a pizza and have put the, the, the oily, cupped, crispy pepperoni all over, they smother the top of the pepperoni pizza right. with pepperoni. Now, I've gone online. I cannot find any, any. you know, I, I've gone to Yelp. I've, I've, I've searched different sites looking for a specific pizza like that. You're looking, looking for a pizza with just pepperoni all over it? That is just smothered with, with that good flavorful oh, it's, cupped it's pepperoni fa- it's fantastic are you kidding me um so, so you're looking for like a pizzeria that makes it not so you can make it yourself oh yeah correct i'm not looking you know i'm not looking to make it myself i'm right. not looking for a frozen pizza i want to be able to go someplace i want to you know and and sit down yeah. and have a delicious hot crispy pepperoni a pepperoni filled pepperoni pizza. Right, right. You you want mostly pepperoni on the the top there. I uh, don't want to see. I don't want to see the the sauce underneath it. I don't want to see the cheese. You just I want, want to see and taste. You want it pepperoni. to look like a photograph of the moon. I, I get you. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That. I would think if you went to any uh, pizzeria and just ordered extra, extra pepperoni. Just yeah. yeah, tell them to load it up with pepperoni, sure. Yeah. Well, I suppose that I, I you know, I really honestly hadn't thought about that. Generally, you go down and and you you order pepperoni pizza and if you're lucky, you know, you might get, you know, two uh, two little slices of right. Uh, right. of pepperoni per slice, you know, if you're lucky. So well, I mean, you know, we all we all have our own taste, but I think if you I, if you just ask for, you know, t- tell them to load it up, they'll They'll be more than happy to do that. Personally, I like a you know I, I like uh, the scant uh, pepperoni on there. I don't I, I don't think I would like it with just nothing but pepperoni. 
I'm not one. You know what? I'm not a. I'm not a meat lovers type pizza where, or a pizza lover where you know they put you know put everything on there. You know, bacon and ham and and you know cows and dinosaur meat. I like a good pepperoni pizza, and I really didn't think that this was any great request. But listen, I appreciate your time. You gave me a thought, and well, um, you know I guess what? I'll just... Here, the, you know, a couple of people on our text line here saying uh, Uncle Jerry's and Carrie is famous for pizza like that. Uh, okay. J.B. Alberto's oh, yeah. uh, has a pizza like that. Home Run Inn has pizza like Home that. Home Run Inn would have it, yeah. Oh. You know what? That's I, I, I'm not that far from Home Run Inn Pizza in Downers Grove. Maybe I'll give them a shot. Because I, I have gone in there, but I just haven't I haven't thought to ask them to slap just it Just tell them to load it up. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell them. Yeah. I'll, you know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to mention your name. Just maybe it'll maybe it'll it'll cut some ice. I don't well, know. you know that you're <laughs> Thanks very much, Dean. All right, thank you for uh, calling and thank you for listening. I think we have time for one uh, final uh, question for the morning show. This is, I think, this is more of a comment from two one seven area code two one seven down uh, Springfield, away. Central Illinois. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yeah, down. Uh, hi guys, I love the Sunday morning show. I love the crew. I love the banter. I love the sharp wit and big city humor. <laughs> I think he may be listening to the wrong show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take the credit, but I'm pretty sure that's not us he's listening to. Doc, get out and enjoy this nice weather. Weekend box office. Guardians of the Galaxy have toppled Super Mario Brothers. Finally, after, what is it, three, four weeks that Super Mario Brothers has been the number one movie in America, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is uh, estimated to open when all the counting is done uh, later on today. Uh, The movie will have taken in $114 million in its opening weekend. Uh, That is 20% higher than the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie but 22% less than the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie. But still very formidable, uh, considering that the movie opened to kind of so-so reviews. Uh, I thought the movie was fun. Uh, I thought the first half of the movie dragged a little bit, uh, that it was you know just any Marvel Universe uh, adventure movie USA. But then about the middle or so of the movie, it clicked into... Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, you know, sort of irreverence, uh, which is why we like those movies in the first place. And then it really wound up having some art. It's the final, they say it's the final of the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, although some of you may come to some different conclusions if you stay for the, the extra scenes they put in in the middle of the credits and then at the very end of the credits, like Marvel movies always do. Uh, but uh, it had a, a fantastic opening weekend. Super Mario Brothers uh, dropped to the number two spot, followed by Evil Dead Rise. And Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Uh, the uh, top movies of the weekend. Now, we're going to be uh, talking in the next couple of weeks about Little Mermaid. We're going to be talking about um, this new movie that's coming out that is uh, supposed to be set here in Chicago, part of it at least set here in Chicago, although it wasn't filmed here. 
Uh, it was filmed in Georgia, I think, or Alabama or someplace. I don't know why they can't just shoot a movie that's supposed to be set in Chicago in Chicago, but uh, there are big financial reasons for that. Uh, normally, other states give better credits sometimes to the movie studios than we do here in Illinois, uh, which has driven a lot of business away to other places. But uh, anyway, it's this new Sebastian Maniscalco movie that's coming out. Sebastian uh, is the pride of Arlington Heights, uh, you know, born and raised there. Started his stand-up uh, comedy career there, went out to L.A., uh, was, a, was a waiter and did a lot of other jobs that lots of stand-up comedians do until they get established. And uh, I, th- I think it's pretty fair to say that Sebastian Maniscalco now is uh, one of the top comedians in the United States. He sells out uh, arenas like the United Center. So, uh, you know, that's no uh, easy task to do something like that. And he's hilariously funny, and I've known him for a long time. Super, super nice guy. Uh, he's always in his comedy act, talked about his Italian family, his Italian dad, and growing up uh, in all of that. And that's basically what his movie is about. That's called About My Father. Uh, his dad is uh, kind of a legend himself in the northwest suburbs as a hairstylist, uh, as it was his grandfather and great-grandfather. They all were barbers and uh, hairstylists through the years. Uh, Sal, Salvatore Maniscalco, uh, ran a couple of beauty shops uh, out in the northwest suburbs. And this movie is about him. It's about Sebastian growing up with an old school Italian dad and a you know old school Italian uh, family like that. Who plays Sebastian's father in the movie? Two time Oscar winner Robert De Niro. How about that? Uh, and uh, also Kim Cattrall from Sex and the City is in the movie, and Leslie Bibb uh, is in the movie playing Sebastian's girlfriend uh, in the film. They were all in Chicago, uh, probably still are today. But yesterday they were here for the premiere of the movie at the AMC River East Theater out on the red carpet. I caught up with them before the red carpet. We sat down and talked with all of them. And uh, uh, let's get to uh, let's get to the, the interviews uh, first with Sebastian Maniscalco and Robert De Niro. Uh, we uh, uh, talked about uh, Sebastian growing up here in Chicago. And this movie being set in Chicago and Sebastian not forgetting uh, from where he came. I'm always happy when Chicago's guys do well. I was happy for you when you were killing it and stand up. I was happy when you were co-starring with uh, Mr. De Niro. Now he's playing your dad. You're in your hometown. Yeah. You got to be pinching yourself. Yeah, absolutely. This is something that I never foresaw in the in the cards. You know, when I first moved out to Los Angeles in 1998, I just wanted to do stand-up as a, uh, for a living, and all this stuff that's happened to me on top of stand-up is is, is gravy. And the fact that we're here in Chicago, uh, screening a movie in front of my family and friends tonight with uh, Bob, and and it's just it's crazy. I am, uh, yeah, I'm, I am pinching myself sometimes. Though I tell you what, as uh, for people watching, sometimes you really got to stop and smell the roses uh, in life, and some, because sometimes these moments are. They, they pass and you don't really relish in them so I'm really taking the time to really you know go this is this is a moment in time I should really stop and and see you know really reflect because sometimes you know it's over and it's like you know you didn't even enjoy it because you're worried about the next thing yeah yeah uh, did you have uh, moments like that 
when you were first starting? Well, I, I yeah, I mean, I not 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 really. Though I worked with some actors, I was very taken by at that time and when I was young. Not what he's going through. I mean, what he uh, that's nice. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so how much did you take from the real Salvo? Did you talk with them, consult with them? Yeah, I talk, talked to Salvo. We, we met in, in Oklahoma when I was shooting um, Killers of the Flower Moon with Scorsese. And, and um, uh, he, he would, would, I'd ask him questions about the script, certain scenes, da-da-da, what he felt about certain things, and what about if I did this or that. Or, and, and he was great. The thing that about the whole project was that um, Sebastian and Laura Terruso, the director, they're both from Italian-American worlds. Uh, and so doing the thing, I knew we wouldn't, we wouldn't go off anywhere as far as they wouldn't go off too. And Laura, would, as far as what it would, it would be based in reality, founded in, in the foundation in reality. And with Salvo, it's just a, a, a bigger plus. He was so great. I mean, I, I would do certain things the way I felt to be done, but I, I, I knew that it was the same yeah. thing. That, but he, you know, well, I understand. He, you know, and the thing is, is like uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding and other movies that are about specific ethnicities, it's so relatable mm. in so many ways that, you know, I'm not Italian, I'm Greek, but I could relate to almost everything that you guys were talking about and, and going through uh, in, in all this. Was there anything that was off limits from your from your personal life? No, I mean, I, I, I listen, I know what's private <laughs> and I know what's uh, for public consumption. Yeah. So, uh, the, you know, I, so I guess you wouldn't share that wouldn't with me now. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I, yeah. I definitely I definitely know what I can and cannot talk yeah. about. Um, and I think to your point in regards to anybody could enjoy this movie. You don't have to be Italian-American to get yeah. it. It's a relationship story about a father and a son, whether you're Greek, Spanish, Mexican, whatever you are, you're going to, you're going to go, Oh, you're going to see the moments in this that you go, oh, that's me or, or that's my dad. Yeah. Just real quick. Hey, you, Dean, unfortunately. You have such a fantastic cooking scene uh, in this movie. I, I started doing a cooking segment for the pandemic on our show. Yeah. Uh, is is there something that you make that I could recreate? No, I'm sorry. You're not a no, cook no, at all. No. Really? I make coffee. That's it. That's <laughs> okay. I wish I was. I that's know easy was then. Good. I could I could definitely make a cup of coffee. <laughs> and it was a quick answer for him. <laughs> How about that? You would think that Robert De Niro could whip up some some pasta, some, some pesto, some something. I thought all Italian guys could cook a little bit. Not Robert De Niro. Uh, I can make you coffee. And, you know, and then he gives me that Robert De Niro smirk uh, afterwards. Uh, today, uh, after we finish this show here today, I'm going to go and meet up with uh, Sebastian and his real dad, the real Salvo uh, Menescalco. And we'll uh, talk with him. We'll share those interviews uh, in coming weeks. Uh, the movie itself will be opening on May the 26th, also starring in the movie, Kim Cattrall, who is hilarious, who you know from Sex and the City, and Leslie Bibb. Uh, we'll talk to them when we come right back. Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN, after I saw this movie, the Sebastian Maniscalco, Robert De Niro movie about my father. I was starving for some delicious Italian food. 
Uh, it made me hungry. I ran over to Volare Restaurant down uh, here on Grand Avenue in Chicago. I think it's one of the best Italian restaurants that we have in Chicago. Got me some chicken parm. Uh, their homemade uh, marinara sauce, the gravy. Uh, I was in heaven. I was absolutely in heaven. That's one of the other things this movie will do uh, to you. In addition to uh, the uh, movie being funny, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's it, it, as I said uh, when I was talking with uh, Mr. De Niro and Sebastian, I can't call him Bobby. Everybody calls him Bob or Bobby. Feels weird calling Robert De Niro, Bob. Uh, although he said in the past, oh, just call me Bob. I'm sorry, I can't. You're Robert De Niro. Um, the movie, uh, as I said in the interview, uh, is very uh, relatable, no matter what your ethnicity. Uh, it's very much like my big fat Greek wedding. It's like uh, everybody loves Raymond that had such an Italian thread uh, through it, but uh, everybody could find it relatable. You'll find uh, people in this movie uh, extremely, extremely uh, relatable. Among them, uh, Kim Cattrall, who uh, you know from Sex and the City. She was Samantha on uh, Sex and the City. And uh, Leslie Bibb. Kim Cattrall plays the mother of Leslie Bibb's character in this movie. She is the girlfriend of Sebastian Maniscalco. She comes from uh, some some big, deep pockets of money. Her family is, uh, you know, very, very, very rich, uh, very, very, very different than the Maniscalco family, very blue, you know, blue-collar uh, kind of family, working class uh, kind of family. So it's uh, sort of this meeting of, uh, you know, cultures uh, as well as Sebastian and his dad, Salvo, meet the rich in-laws in this movie and that's one of the things uh, that we talked about with uh, leslie and kim cattrall kim cattrall i discovered uh had some chicago background goodman theater tell me the story bob falls um just Mon- retired by the way i know i know yeah. oh he how, how long was he artistic director For 32 gotta years be 32 years like this yeah. was like 19 19- 89, I think. Something, yeah. <laughs> Something like Something that. Yeah. It, what play? Um, it was um, uh, The Misanthrope. Did you have fun? I had a great time. How long were you here? How long was the run? Uh, we did it in La Jolla for two months, and we did it in Chicago for three months. So and it was really fun. And if it, it, the usual case when you're doing a play in Chicago, you never have time to do anything else no. while you're here. You, when it, when, no matter where you do a play, you don't have to. Yeah, you get gymnastic when you do, right. like, what am I eating? Your what am I whole, doing? Your, right. life, your just, whole life is getting to the theater. I just yeah. want to go to sleep. I just yeah. want to get yes. a bite to eat. Something yes. like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how much fun was this? I mean, I think you're the only non-Italians that I've spoken with <laughs> today. <laughs> there is no Italian in either I, one if, of these bays. you close, I smell like garlic <laughs> yeah. when I talk to here today. <laughs> It was really fun. I mean, we shot in Mobile, Alabama during, during the raining pan- season. During the rainy season, during a pandemic, there was a lot of stuff sort of to fight against. And I think we all had a really good time. It was like from the jump, we filmed Sebastian and I filmed the first week together. And then the family came in for the second week and we did the club scene um, at the club. And I just remembered 
that day knowing it was it was insane but also knowing that we were safe and like it was going to be okay yeah, because be like we were all be. sitting together yeah. and i was like oh we're all there was an ease yes. from the jump yeah. with everybody and and that chemistry and that ease yeah. and that trust yeah. to just happen yeah there was a freedom to have fun and yeah. a lot of things were thrown to us on camera different lines let's try this instead of that and Sebastian also being one of our writers, you know, he was, he had ideas too. Yeah. Yeah. Laura Teruso is also a writer director and she had ideas and then yeah. we would have ideas. And, so it was very free. Very yes, it was. How she would just throw out like an Italian, I, I would look at her and just forget that she's like Sicilian and then she'd be like, Bob, what about that? Bob, bada, 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 bada. And I'd be like, wow. And then Bob would say, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sing again? Okay. Blah, 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 blah. What? Yeah. It was Say great. It again? It was, one it was of my, great. One of my favorite scenes of this movie is the uh, the cooking dinner oh, uh, scene. Hilariously <laughs> funny. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I started doing, in addition to my entertainment segments, cooking segments ah, on our okay. station. So I'm a TV cook now also. Uh, do you have that in your background? Like, you love I'd cooking? Love or cook, were you just like, I make macaroni and cheese and that's yeah. it? Yeah, no, okay. I'm, I was a pretty good cook at okay, home. That's good. why they said for me to do it. And I said, cooking on TV is very different than yes. cooking at home. Uh, but I'm trying to find uh, some recipes to recreate from, you know, I figure I'm coming to this Italian movie. I'm going to get nothing but great recipes. Not one. Well, you have one, but it's probably one you don't want to make again. <laughs> it's, well, Robert De Niro told me how to make coffee. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Good Thanks, luck. Bob. What is your recipe? Um, I love to cook as well. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I, I've been making bison bolognese right now. Trying to, because they say bison is better for you or something. Um, and I think, like, the thing with a bison bolognese is... White wine, not red wine. Mm. And it really elevates. Otherwise, I, otherwise I, traditional bolognese, though, I guess pretty much. Yeah, usually. Yeah. I mean, I just love, I like, I'm obsessed with making my own sauce. Yeah, it's fun. Don't keep your eyes on it because it can burn really easily. Yeah, okay. And once it burns, right. it's toast. Kim, how about you? Do you look like you were about you to You know, I go with that old standby. I make reservations. Mm -hmm. God bless you for yes. that. Hey, I've got something. When your sauce is going south, add a little cinnamon. I, it I'm, elevates. I'm Greek. We put cinnamon mm. in almost every tomato sauce. Cinnamon really? or nutmeg or allspice. That's all I've heard. Tiny, tiny, tiny bit, and it really like when it sort of flattens up. Sometimes I do it in the chili, and when I'm making chili, yeah. and then my friend said, or add a Corona, and that also was yeah. really to nice. To the chef or the recipe? So, uh, both. Yeah. Well, I'll come to your restaurant. <laughs> yes, you're I'll invited to go. You always have a table at my restaurant. You have to make reservations. No reservations. No. Yeah, how about that? Le Leslie Bibb turns out to be the cook uh, in this bunch of uh, Italian actors, Italian director, Italian everybody. Nobody cooks. On the on the set of that movie, except Leslie Bibb, who was uh, delightful, as was uh, Kim Cattrall. Uh, we're gonna try. I, I guess I'm gonna try that. I'm not even 100 percent sure where I would find bison. She said bison bolognese, so I assume it's like a traditional bolognese recipe, but instead of beef and pork, which usually goes into a bolognese recipe, she's using bison. I, I guess that would be good, but I don't even know. I'm pretty sure my grocery store doesn't sell bison. Maybe some of you know where to 
uh, pick up something like that. So this uh, coronation concert is supposed to start at 2 o'clock today, Chicago time. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, 8 o'clock London time. Right. For those of you listening in London. Mm -hmm. uh, Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, Andrea Bocelli. uh, Who else? Uh, Nicole Scherzinger from the Pussycat Dolls. You love the Pussycat Dolls, don't you? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Oh, I think they're fine. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I'm allergic. (laughs) Uh, A lot of British, uh, you know, superstars that uh, I don't know, at least. Uh, But like Elton John turned them down. No Elton John, no Paul McCartney. Ed Sheeran turned them down. Yeah. McCartney. I thought Ed Sheeran was playing. Uh, no, I no. Th- I thought that I heard that he had a, you know, politely decline. Okay. Uh, they they all say they have uh, previous commitments. If you're invited to the, the sing play for coronation. The coronation, the first time in seventy years, right? You can't find five minutes to <laughs> go sing Camptown Ladies. Or- <laughs> <laughs> so they have the Darlins who are going to be uh, performing. <laughs> He'll call out a song, and the king will stand up and say, don't play that one. That one makes me cry. (laughs) Hang on to what you got. A one and a two. That's a new segment on our show. (laughs) Stuff only for me and Schwanny to enjoy. We don't know if any of the rest of you That happens every week. (laughs) You bring up the darlings. You brought them up. I love it. I love the darlings. I wish they had an album. I think they did at one time. And I would love if, the, you know, in the middle of this whole coronation, like yesterday with the all the darlings pop and, playing at the coronation. <laughs> all the pop and circumstance and the horn, you know, the, the, the royal uh, orchestra. And there's and, Briscoe playing his jug. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> so fantastic. Uh, Me and the boys wanted to join in. <laughs> Hope you don't mind. Hope you don't mind, Mr. King. Mr. King, Mr. King, Mr. Kingy Man, the third. Uh, so anyway, the concert starts. <laughs> concert starts at. Uh, we are completely vast. We're out of control. Land. This is. This is. We are everything that uh, Newton, Newton Minow talked talking about. about. Yes, we personify every second and more. <laughs> Next week we'll do a serious show. Oh, we say we've been saying that for thirteen years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do it next time. Are you going to watch this? Uh, no, uh, I think I've got other things to do. Okay, I'll see the highlights. Well, you, you know, you had seriously, you had a very busy week. It was a, a busy, uh, busy week, but I've got some inter- both some, coasts, some more interviews to do today, and, some and more other, today yet. Other wow. things that I have to do today. I'll look at a video of it later. Yeah, and I'm sure I'll be featuring highlights of it uh, tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. acting like I. Watched. Are you going to dub in the darlings playing <laughs> by by remote location if from any, Mayberry? If any show would do that, it would be the WGN Morning News. Here I go again. All right, are you ready for Mamma Mia Day next Sunday? 
Mother's Day is next Sunday. My, my, just how much and uh, we'll have uh, some fun programming for that. Uh, over the uh, this past week, as uh, Shwani was saying, I was in New York and L.A. doing interviews with uh, moms uh, like Jane Fonda, like uh, Candace Bergen, like uh, Mary Steenburgen, and uh, Jennifer Lopez. Sat down with uh, Jenny on the block, and uh, we talked about her new movie, which is called The Mother, by the way. Uh, it is uh, not any kind of sentimental or romantic comedy anything. It's an action movie, Jennifer Lopez, uh, playing a, a trained assassin who has to uh, rescue the daughter that she gave up at birth in order to save the girl's life. He had to give up the girl, uh, the little baby, when she was born in order to save her. And now, uh, you know, f- flash forward uh, 10, 15 years later, the, the girl is older and her life is in jeopardy. And uh, the mother, uh, Jennifer Lopez's character, has to jump into action again to save the daughter that she never really knew. It's an interesting concept, uh, action movie, but I sat down and talked with Jennifer Lopez about it. We'll share that interview with you next week on Mother's Day. Uh, but one of the things that I asked uh, Jennifer Lopez, because her personal life is, you know, so public, uh, you know, her wedding to Ben Affleck, major, you know, one of the major celebrity events of the year, uh, her her love life, her children, everything, you know. So I, I wondered what what would be the perfect Mother's Day for her. And, uh, you know, th- I think I got the answer that, I hear from a lot of people that their mothers tell them would be the perfect Mother's Day. I just want to have a nice day with my kids. I don't really want anything special. Um, I just just want a, a nice, relaxing day with the kids. Uh, is that true, moms? I want you to chime in on this and tell me what you really, really want for Mother's Day. I'm going to give everybody a you know a one week head start on this of what to do for Mother's Day. I, my, my mom used to say that all the time. Mom, what do you want to do on Mother's Day? Oh, oh, I just I just want us all to be together. We'll have just like a nice dinner or something. You know, don't do anything special. You know, the, the special breakfast in bed things. I think we used to do those when we were little kids that we would, you know, try to make breakfast in bed for mom, ultimately making a bigger mess than you know, that she had to clean up ultimately in the first place. It was no treat. I know that much. And I'm pretty sure the food probably wasn't that good uh, on top of it. Uh, I know that it's the thought that counts. But uh, moms, what do you really want for Mother's Day? 312-981-7200 is the uh, telephone number. Do you want uh, a special kind of, uh, you know, something special? for uh you know a meal a brunch uh do you want just a you know do you want the family together and something kind of low-key and quiet um here's a, a 312 area code already chiming in uh saying uh, we want a day away from the kids away from the husband not having to cook or clean i tell you i keep hearing this over and over and over again from women uh, who are moms, uh, they just want some peace and quiet. Uh, here is the 708 area code chiming in on this. I never want a fancy dinner at a crowded restaurant. 
I just want a nice, relaxed day with my kids. A burger and a movie would be great. How about that? That's a, that's a, you know, I think that's something to really think about. Um, let me see here. What do you really want for Mother's Day? Uh, none of my adult daughters live in our home state. I would just like some phone calls and maybe some flowers. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Um, what else do we have here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and 630 area code is uh, chiming in. What I used to say to my mom when my mom would say, oh, don't do anything. I have every, I already have everything I want. Don't do anything. Uh, but 630 area code responds the way I used to. And then if you get them nothing, they'll be bitter and angry for years and years because they sit around and listen to their friends talk about how great their kids are on Mother's Day. That's what I always used to say to my mom. You keep saying don't do anything for birthdays, Christmas, Mother's Day. Don't do anything for anything. And I said, one of these years we're going to surprise you and actually do nothing and see how you like it. Um, the uh, 630 area code, a family reconciliation for Mother's Day would s- simply be the best. I wonder if that means like just everybody getting together or if there was, you know, some, you know, bumps in the road for the family and they don't really get along. But now the family reconciling. Uh, I wonder if that's uh, what that is about. Um, yeah, here we go. Uh, 312-981-7200. Here is, here's the ultimate uh, Mother's Day uh, wish uh, from the 630 area code. A bottle of tequila and some limes would be great for Mother's Day. All right. So you look like you're ready to celebrate. All right. So let me uh, open up the phone lines and we'll uh, go to the phone lines and more of the texts in a minute. 312-981-7200. And let me open this up for uh, some suggestions. You guys have been coming up with such great suggestions for things that I can do on my TV cooking segment every Wednesday. And this coming Wednesday, I want to do something for Mother's Day. I want to do like a pre-Mother's Day something. I don't want to do uh, like a quiche. I don't want to do like a Mother's Day French toast. You know, those things are so overdone. Uh, You know, like Mother's Day burgers. You know, for Father's Day, we think steaks. Why can't we have steaks for mom on Mother's Day? Uh, or, Or what would be a fantastic mother's day meal for you whatever whether it's breakfast brunch lunch or dinner give me some ideas of something i can cook on tv that's coming wednesday 312-981-7200 gorgeous sunday hopefully we have nice weather like this for mother's day next week Opening up the phone lines for uh, what would be the perfect Mother's Day for you. Uh, some of you are texting in 312 981 7200. Others can call 312 981 7200. Both for what would be the perfect Mother's Day for you. You know, everybody thinks it's got to be a certain way, but uh, women that I've talked to uh, through really throughout my life. Uh, including my own mom, uh, didn't really want all the all the fuss. They just wanted you know a nice day, family together, you know maybe a nice meal, something like that. 
Um, you know, here's another one, uh, 847 area code. Uh, my wife uh, wants me to leave her alone on Mother's Day. <laughs> okay, I don't know what you're doing to her, but uh, she just wants some peace and quiet for that day. I, I totally understand that. Uh, here is the 904 area code. My four children all live in different cities. What I want for Mother's Day is something that I want every week, and that is to hear their voices. So, you know, no breakfast in bed. Somebody had texted in. I'm sure I can't find the uh, the recipe here, or the, uh, the text, rather, uh, that said, oh, here it is. Breakfast in bed usually means a dirty kitchen that mom has to clean up on Monday. So think about that. No, you know, moms don't want that for Mother's Day. Uh, some people are uh, suggesting some recipes that I can cook for Mother's Day. Uh, and here is one. I wondered if uh, seafood was, you know, something that would be a good Mother's Day entree. Uh, 630 area code says, my wife loves seafood, especially sea bass. Sea bass is so delicious. I mean, it's it, it, literally, it's sweet if you're cooking it uh, properly. I put some olive oil on it, some salt and pepper. might put a little bit of paprika on it just for a little bit of color. And uh, put it, uh, I bake it in the oven for, uh, you know, it depends on the, the size of the, of the seafood that I've put in there. But, uh, you know, I would say anywhere from 10, 10 to 20 minutes, depending on the, the size. Uh, and it is just absolutely delicious. Sea bass, pricey, it's definitely expensive. But uh, that would be that would be a nice Mother's Day meal. Uh, here's another one from 309. Shrimp with angel hair, peppers, and asparagus. Says my absolute favorite. I made something similar, not with angel hair uh, pasta. I made it with, um, what the heck did I make it with now? Linguini, I think. It's whatever I had on hand. Uh, shrimp with linguini with uh, both red and green peppers and mushrooms with a red pepper uh, pesto. Not a traditional uh, pesto, but a red pepper pesto, red bell pepper pesto. Uh, it was absolutely delicious with a little grated parm on top of it. That might be a nice uh, Mother's Day brunch. Uh, here's one that says, how about a nice caprese salad for, uh, for Mother's Day? I made a caprese salad last night uh, I can't wait until my tomatoes start coming in in the yard because I love homegrown tomatoes. But I bought some, uh, uh, what are they called, Kempri tomatoes. They're a little bigger than cherry tomatoes, a tiny bit bigger, and a little more flavorful than conventional uh, uh, tomato. Uh, cut those up, put them in with uh, some, I bought some uh, freshly made mozzarella, uh, sliced that up. Uh, I am growing some pe- uh, some basil in my house. Inside the house, I grow it uh, in the wintertime. So I took some uh, some nice fresh basil, put that on top, a little olive oil, a little balsamic glaze. Caprese salad was delish last night. That would be nice for Mother's Day. Let's see what else do we have here. Uh, some other ideas. <laughs> uh, five, uh, 574 area code said, uh, for Mother's Day, Mom wants wine and weed. Okay. 
All right, uh, for medicinal purposes, I assume. Uh, but we've you know we've learned here over the past several months. Uh, our listeners are uh, nothing but big uh, potheads around here. Every time the subject comes up, uh, there are a lot of you that are enjoying wine and weed. Apparently, um, here's uh, seven hundred eight area code said tornados of beef steak Diane or pepper steak. That's good. Nice, uh, kind of a lighter take on it all. Uh, and, oh, here's a really good idea for a Mother's Day brunch idea. Breakfast pizza. This would be uh, this would be good, and I don't think too messy. I think this would be something kind of easy to do, uh, either in the oven or a toaster oven or maybe out on the grill if the weather is like it is today. But you take the pizza crust and onto it, you put uh, a layer of uh, cheese, mozzarella cheese. You can put some red and green peppers on it, maybe some cherry tomatoes, some chopped bacon or ham, and uh, some uh, eggs. Take the eggs, scramble them up, put it on top of the pizza, and as it bakes, the eggs will cook, and you've got yourself a nice self-contained breakfast pizza. Uh, that's that's not uh, super difficult to make or you know, it will be super messy for anybody to uh, to cook up. Um, here's someone saying, Dean, what will you be cooking on WGN this week? Well, that's what I'm trying to find out. I want to do something for Mother's Day. I was trying to think maybe I should do one of my mom's favorite recipes. Um, you know, just in honor of my, my own mother. Uh, I might do that, but I like some of these other ideas. I like the breakfast pizza idea for uh, a Mother's Day brunch. Um, don't think we can do the wine and weed on TV. I don't think that would be uh, possible or even appropriate. But we'll dig uh, more into some of these recipes in just a minute. Uh, if you want to join us, love to hear from you. 312-981-7200. It's that time again. 1236 to be exact. This is Dean Richards. And it's time to eat. Welcome into Food Time, Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show. The award-winning All Things Edible program heard every Sunday, more or less at this time. Mother's Day is right around the corner. And it is uh, one of the most eaten out days of the year. I would argue one of the worst days of the year to eat out restaurants are so busy likely if you have not already made reservations it's probably too late to get into someplace you know where you might want to take mom for a mother's day brunch and really that's a fantastic idea because then mom can just really relax enjoy the you know the meal enjoy the family uh not have to worry about cleanup not have to worry about preparation you know all that sort of thing uh, where are some of your favorite uh, Mother's Day uh, places to go? Hotels have always been, you know, terrific places for Mother's Day brunches. Uh, if you don't mind, you know, mortgaging your house, because hotels uh, can all, sometimes also be incredibly expensive. But, you know, you do get a quality meal there. But there are plenty of other places I know around the Chicago area where you can go out for a Mother's Day brunch. If you've got some uh, suggestions, let me know, 
981-7200, where to go and what you recommend at some of these places. Plus, uh, I am looking for your suggestions for things that I can cook for Mother's Day on my um, uh, cooking segment this coming Wednesday on the WGN-TV Morning News. I was thinking about doing something, you know, one of my mom's favorite recipes. Uh, some, mo- Most of those are pretty complex, difficult to do in a quick four-minute segment on TV, but not impossible. I was thinking, you know, her uh, Greek lasagna, the pastizzo, is uh, a favorite, especially the way that she makes it. She she made it uh, differently than everyone else did. She used to call it uh, village style, peasant style, without bechamel topping that uh, almost everybody uses when they make uh, the Greek lasagna, pastizzo. Uh, she would mix the bechamel in with the pasta and the meat and all the spices and cognac and all the rest. Uh, so it was super, super creamy, but didn't have that level of uh, layer of uh, bechamel sitting on top of it. Uh, I do have that. We I've done it on TV a couple of times also, and the recipe is posted uh, online, so you can easily find it if you want to give it a try. But it's it's complicated. The first couple of times that I made it, uh, it looked like a bomb went off in my kitchen. It went like every pan, every pot, every skillet. Every bowl, every everything was all over my kitchen. And, you know, all I th- could think to myself is, how did this whim- woman make this dish, raising four boys, working full time, and still had time to make complex dishes like this? I still will, can never understand that, but she did somehow. So, you know, maybe that's a possibility. Uh, she loved making the Greek egg lemon soup, the avgo lemon soup. Also a little bit complicated, uh, but not eh, not the end of the world. But, you know, do, do we want a hot soup recipe in the middle of May for Mother's Day? You know, if it's a beautiful day, is a, is a hot soup recipe, does that make any sense? It is delicious. The egg lemon soup is always delicious, that's for sure. Uh, egg and lemon and rice, and usually there's shredded chicken uh, in it uh, as well. Never made it on TV. That might be a possibility. Uh, a lot of the dishes that my mom made were uh, to stretch a dollar recipes. Like a lot of you whose parents came up in the Depression, uh, there often was not a lot of extravagance in raising, you know, your families. You know, we were four boys and, you know, mom and dad. It's a lot of mouths to feed. So, you know, they had to figure out a way to do that on the cheap. Uh, my mom once said to me in her later years, uh, you know, uh, did, you you didn't realize how poor we were when we were little. She said, didn't you notice how often we had ground beef uh, dishes? She said, I figured out so many ways how to make things with ground beef because we couldn't afford anything else. I Honestly, I never realized it. You know, when you're a kid, it's you just don't notice those things. It's the normal is normal, I guess. So I'll, I'll think about that. But uh, really what I would like to hear from you as are some ideas about what uh, might be good recipes for um, Mother's Day. Something I could do that's, you know, really a little bit different. Uh, Last year, I did a brioche French toast. Basically, it was like a French toast casserole, brioche 
uh, bread in a casserole dish, nine by twelve uh, casserole dish, with uh, you know, so like some heavy cream, some vanilla, some uh, cinnamon. It was good, but I don't think really anything overly special. You know what I mean? I'd li- I'd like to you know come up with something a little bit different. Last year, I also did uh, three different mimosas, uh, the traditional champagne or prosecco with orange juice. I did one with some fresh uh, pureed strawberries. It was delicious with the Prosecco or, or champagne. I don't remember what the third one was now, but, <clears throat> you know, those are good on uh, Mother's Day to, you know, be treating mom to some kind of special uh, Prosecco, you know, uh, some special uh, little refreshing cocktail on uh, Mother's Day. Uh, those recipes are also online, by the way, the things that I that I made last year. But I'm really, really kind of trying to find uh, something special on the grill uh, for uh, Mother's Day. Let me see here. Somebody is suggesting tequila shrimp on the grill. Okay, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I think like a, to, you know, a, a, some kind of grilled shrimp, grilled or sauteed garlic shrimp. On top of some linguine, some kind of pasta, you know, something like that might be nice. Not sure. Uh, 312-981-7200 is uh, the phone number. Let me uh, take a quick break and we'll come right back and get some of your suggestions in here. 312-981-7200 to text. 312-980-7200 to call in. It's 1247, food time. Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining shows on the air. Sponsored by the Chicago Symphony Orchestra this week. Looking for uh, some Mother's Day recipes that I can cook on TV this coming week. It's coming Wednesday at 9.30. Usually is when I do my cooking on uh, the TV morning news. But also some things that you can think about. And, you know, also think about what we were talking about earlier, that, um, you know, moms don't want uh, a huge big deal. They don't want extra work. So, you know, if breakfast in bed, while well-intentioned, means uh, tons of extra work for mom later in the day, not a good idea. So, you know, think about that. You know, moms usually just want to be with their, you know, be with the family Get a call from uh, the kids if they're living uh, someplace else. You know, being together much much more meaningful than scraping casserole dishes and you know things like that later on because you're you know you're trying to come up with some good ideas. So three one two nine eight one seven two hundred is the phone number for uh, some of these ideas. And Craig is on the line. Hi, Craig. You're on WGN. Hey, Dean, love your show. Thank you. I see you guys every Sunday. But uh, you were talking about um, some of the things your parents made, your mom made, growing up as a kid. I grew up, um, I turned 62 tomorrow, if that tells you anything. But Happy birthday. Late 60s, early, yeah, thank you. Late 60s, early 70s, my parents didn't have much money. My dad was a, uh, a minister, my mom was stayed home. And I remember them. my mom taking hot dogs. She'd boil them up a little bit, and <laughs> she'd slice them down the middle, and take some seasoned mashed potatoes, oh. put them on a fry pan and put them in the oven for about half an hour. And, and that was, 
that was our weenies with with potatoes and, the, and yeah, it was great the weenies and potatoes and would roast up a little bit you, you probably yeah. thought you were uh, you know eating someplace downtown yeah and then we thought something special my dad used to make his hungarian goulash you know we're not hungarian but uh his ground beef macaroni noodles um I think a little bit of onions and uh, green pepper. Yeah. And he'd take ketchup. And he'd squirt the ketchup all in there and mix it all together. And <laughs> boy, that was that was the stuff. That was fine dining. And that's what, that's what I was saying worked. when I was talking about a minute ago with my mom. Uh, you know, when I talked about uh, you know the foods that she made when we were growing up, and she said, "Did you not e- even understand how poor we were?" When we were growing up, we, uh, you know, we had did all the different ways I would come up making ground beef. We had something very similar to what you're talking about: ground yeah. beef, frozen peas and carrots, uh, noodles, yeah. some kind of noodles, egg noodles usually, uh, to you know to feed all these uh, hungry mouths on a very sure. very limited income back in the day. And and still to this day, Dean, I still make it. It's my comfort food. My mom, my mom called it her green bean casserole, but it's more like a shepherd's pie where it's just ground beef, a can of mushroom soup, yeah. um, you know, half an onion all chopped up, and a can of green beans. You got to use the canned green beans because right. the others don't come out so well. That's right. And you you mix it all up, and then you cover it with about an inch and a half worth of potatoes, and you stick it in another little bit of butter. And we used to take um Lay's potato chips, and you smash them all up. Oh. And then on top of the butter, you just kind of coast it. A little bit at the end, so it gets nice and brown, and you've got nice. that saltiness, you know. Nice. And uh, still to this day, I eat that. So yeah, that's uh, anyways. Those those comfort <laughs> foods, uh, you know, they they they'll uh, bring back a million memories, you know, just Absolutely. by the, by the mention of some of these things. And I encourage people for Mother's Day next week, uh, you know, to uh, get a hot dog, slit it down the middle, put some mashed potatoes in it, uh, in honor of Craig. Uh, <laughs> That'll a little, be bit the, of, little bit of butter, yeah. little bit of butter and parsley on top, and yeah. you got a yeah. fantastic Mother's Day meal. I dare you to serve that to your mom next week on Mother's Day. You know, I got to tell you what, my mom would eat, would eat it. I mean, she's ninety years old; she turns ninety one this year, and she still likes going out for a chili dog with onions and mustard. A girl, um, you know, and, and a couple of onion rings and. So she would eat it because she used to make it, and it was great stuff. Yeah, you know? my, my mom uh, always, uh, you know, if I tried to make something fancy, you know, she would always, you know, like 10 times during the dinner, how much did that cost? How much did you spend for that? How much did that cost? You know, and if I could tell her that, you know, that I, you know, I, I, I made something on the cheap, she couldn't have been more proud of me than if I if I got something outdated exactly. or dented or some discounted exactly. something. I tried I tried taking her someplace nice for Easter. She lives in Michigan and uh, in Ann Arbor, and um, you know things got all jammed up. And I came in from here, and so her big thing was let's go to Big Boy. There's only one Big Boy in Michigan left, <laughs> and we went there and you know got a swim gym and that's, had a blast. That's good eating. So. I'm always I'm always uh, reminded of uh, years and years ago. Uh, it's got to be over 20 years ago. I took my mom to the signature room on the 95th floor of the Hancock Building. You know, it's wow. it's right at the top of the building. It's a beautiful restaurant, spectacular views uh, everywhere, and it's expensive. It's an expensive restaurant. But I said, what the heck? You know, she never had any of this growing up. You know, child of the depression. 
raised four kids. She's never gone to a restaurant like this. I'm going to take her. I take her to the restaurant and they bring the menus and, you know, we're ready to order. And she tells the waiter, I'll just have, I'm just going to have salad. I said, what what are you doing, salad? What are you talking about? Everything, everything else is, it's too expensive. It would, it would stick in my throat. I couldn't eat it at these prices. Yeah, have, a, have a nice filet. Have a salmon. Have something that costs right? $80, $100. You know? Yeah, she was she was just going to have water and a salad because anything else would stick in her throat. <laughs> well, if it was, if it's anything like, if your mom is anything like my mom at this point in the game, she'll take the check. She'll steal the check from you if she can from right. the waiters. Yep. waiters so. yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> Sounds but, like our, our mom. Well, listen, love, the love same. show. Thank you so much for being there. I appreciate it. Craig, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. Sure. Fantastic stories. Uh, 312, here's somebody on our text line. Uh, 630, I love this guy's regular guy recipes. They sound so cool and tasty. Very true. Uh, 269 area code says, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll never forget Mother's Day a few years ago. When you were talking about how your mother made homemade yogurt, I was with my mom driving down the highway, and she got the biggest kick out of how your mom, my mom meaning, made her yogurt, keeping it warm with a heating pad on her bed. My mother would have been the same age as your mom. She would talk about hearing that over the years. She's been gone for years now, but I still remember riding in the car, listening to you, talking to your mom and laughing with you and your mom thank you for sharing that story you should share it again well the, the that conversation has become a famous one uh here on wgn we were t- we were talking about these fancy schmancy homemade yogurt makers which are out now that you know you'll drop easily a hundred bucks for a machine to make yogurt or you know a, a instapot or pressure cooker to make yogurt and I mentioned how my mom made it from scratch. I remember from when we were kids, she would make the whole thing from scratch. So we called my mom to get the recipe, and she gives us this hilarious description of how she makes the yogurt. And, uh, you know, she does the, goes the process, and uh, then you have to let it rest at a certain temperature, and then you have to let it rest. And she said that I put it on the, the bed, uh, with a heating pad, like you would put on your back. Uh, and, of course, the bed has to be made. That's my favorite part of the whole story. <laughs> Rishi goes, of course, the bed has to be made before you do all that. But I was thinking about maybe playing that recording again next week. Sometimes I feel like I play it too much. Um, yeah, I don't know. And plus, you know, it's my mother's passing is still a little bit fresh with me. So I don't know how I would do hearing her voice. You know what I mean? After she passed away a couple of years ago, uh, hearing her voice, well, I'm sure it would be you know, funny. I'm not sure how I would react, definitely, to be completely honest. So I'm going to think about it this week, and we'll, uh, we'll see what we come up with. Uh, this is Peggy. To wrap things up here today, you're on WGN. Good morning. Hi. Afternoon. Um, I... I- I come from a big family, 11 kids. Wow. So I definitely understand the ground beef. Uh, we had ground beef with everything. <laughs> but the, the, one meal, the one dish that my siblings all discuss and talk about is one that my mother made called shipwreck. And it is exactly what it sounds like. 
she would put sliced potatoes in the bottom of a, a casserole dish, throw some ground beef on it, go in the refrigerator, take out all the leftover vegetables because <laughs> my dad only bought, my dad did the shopping and he only bought canned vegetables, so we hated them. Right. She would put all of that in that and then um, some cottage cheese on it and wow. some canned soup and bake it and all, it, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, it was not fun. There, there were lots of leftovers of that. <laughs> but, uh, but it kind of warms your heart, though, just to think about it, though, doesn't it? Well, it brings my, uh, it brings all my, the siblings together. <laughs> sure, we all hated the same thing. You can, you can all, you all join together in the hatred for this leftover mess, whatever it <laughs> right. was. Right, right. Uh, but, Peggy, uh, thank you, thank you for calling to share that. I love that story.